Okay, Inappropriate Earl is back after a brief hiatus of me doing the Roast Battle podcast last week where I challenged Jeff Ross to a $50,000 winner-take-all battle on season four. I haven't heard back from anyone but three Comedy Central executives asking me if I'm out of my mind. And yes, I am out of my mind. So I'm still waiting, Jeff, and the rest of the Roast Battle hierarchy if you want to get back to me you're welcome for making my episode the highest rated episode ever you can now go back this week to interviewing open micers <laughs> i have a guest i have uh, several guests on my couch right now it, my couch looks like an amber alert lineup right now <laughs> but the one i know and i know the other two guys but i know this man this guy who the camera is on right now. We're on Instagram Live right now. A lot of people don't realize that there was a untelevised season of Roast Battle. It was like yeah. the test season just to see if how this would work on a, a grand stage. And it was the first time Roast Battle was in Montreal. Uh, and uh, there were some great battlers. Jimmy Carr, <clears throat> who fared much better in the untelevised season than he did in the televised season. Sorry, Comedy Central, that I ruined your plans. Tony Hinchcliffe, Sarah Tiana, Kay Trevor Wilson, the lovely Miss Linnell, and then my guest on the couch did one of the great anti-roast battle maneuvers of all time when he and his co-battler did not battle each other. It was more of a compliment battle. And let's just say um, it didn't necessarily go over well with some people. They were like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Dave Chappelle uh, was uh, totally bamboozled at what was going on. And then you guys kind of went at Chappelle, which I thought was amazing. Guys, this guy's the real deal. Put your hands together for the amazing, from Quebec City, home of the Nordiques, and Joe Sackick, Dale Hunter, Curtis LeCision. Norm McDonald. Norm McDonald, Ron Tugnut, a who's who of who isn't, Mr. Mike Ward. Yes. yes. Yeah. I'm happy to be here. And I'm happy to have you here, but... I would be remiss, and I'll point the camera. You know, I'm a one-man unit. I don't have a crew like Rogan or Amy Schumer or any other the big boys. So I got to, unlike the drummer from Def Leppard right now, I got to pan over. Boys, introduce yourselves. Uh, Pantelis, comedian out of Montreal, two-drink minimum with Mike Ward, weekly on Compound Media. And my name's John Hastings. I just know these guys from Canada. I, I live in L.A. now. I used to live in the U.K., it's also this podcast started so weird in that I don't was the camera even on you when you were doing that opening spiel? No, like I said, uh, I'm a one man unit. I'm I, a soldier of comedy. So uh, unless I was a fucking octopus, it was cameras on you guys. Uh, I just, well, it was really only on Mike in okay, full disclosure because it was just it was just a weird thing of he's just calling out Jeff Ross and then it's just the three dudes on a couch while Mike's having beers, just yeah, sort of like, yeah. oh, mommy and daddy are fighting again. Yeah. Well, you know, I uh, I love roast battle. Mike is judging roast battle tonight. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing the um, they uh, they sold it to a French Canadian TV network, and I'm one of the judges on that. But there was something like when they did the roast battle the first year that wasn't televised in Montreal. The thing that I really liked was there was so many people doing the roast battle that had never seen a roast battle, didn't know what it was. Like Lunell, who's an amazing comic, but she. 
she was against uh, Hinchcliffe. Tony Hinchcliffe, and she she just got destroyed. And then she got off stage, and she was like, "Why is he so mean?" <laughs> like she 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 thought it'd be just you know a little you know a couple of jokes, and that's it. Well, it was really uh, that season uh, was was. I think Comedy Central thought, well, let's just go to Montreal. Everyone's up there. I think the battles, I mean, I wasn't part of them choosing the battles, but I think they were almost done a little bit last minute. Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, who do we put Hinchcliffe up against? Well, how about Linnell? And um, I know Jimmy Carr went up against Joe DeRosa. And- oh, it was because it swept through that festival, but it was also talking about what you're talking about of, A, people didn't, hadn't, I was, they're just doing spots and just in vans. Well, everyone was like, usually people are talking about who's getting deals at the festival. All everyone could talk about was we're going to roast battles tonight. What's going to happen. And I think that so many of the other comics, a hadn't seen roast battles in LA or knew how to write short jokes. So Jimmy Carr, like a wrecking ball went through everybody. Yeah. In that season, in that season, because I was in the van with Joe DeRosa the day he was, Rose battling Jimmy and I was like you need to have short quick jokes and you need to have something to answer everything he's going to say that guy spends 40 minutes of every show he does getting heckled by the audience he's got something in response to everything you say and Jimmy like the thing because he whenever he'd be up against someone the the person had spent like a minute for one joke so Jimmy would do nine jokes yeah see that's where I knew how to beat him was because he came up to me in my season earlier in the days, like, hey, man, uh, I hope we get to do our thing. And, you know, I'll let you do your thing. And I'm going to do my thing. And I'm like, no, uh, you're not going to do your thing. Uh, <laughs> you're going to tell a joke. Then I'm going to tell a joke. And then we'll see what happens. And but like, he was like, uh, I saw the, the when you were against uh, Jimmy Carr. And he was genuinely laughing. Like, he thought you were very funny. Oh, he's great! Yeah, like yeah, yeah. it wasn't like uh like and when you beat him, he he didn't. I I don't think he was angry. Like I he, don't think he cared. Maybe his people were pissed, and maybe oh, the oh his people the, um, the Comedy Central people were pissed. But I, I think Jimmy's a good sport. Oh yeah, you know he doesn't need roast battle. Like let's be honest, he's like a you know eight million fans on yeah. Twitter and yeah. uh, selling out the Enormo Dome every in every town in yeah. the UK. There's but something I, nice about that though. When you see like a Jimmy Carr that makes probably like fourteen million pounds a year, that he he he'll go do a roast battle that's not even on TV in a festival. Like just, but I think he's competitive. So, uh, you know, I could see them saying, Hey, Jimmy, do you want to battle Earl again? You know, I think he would say yes. And he would come at me like, you know, he'd fucking dig shit up. Like he's probably been writing about (laughs) you since the day you beat him. He has a serial killer shrine to you. Oh yeah. His basement is is the Skakel room. Yeah. It's just various (laughs) photos of you with that greased topless shirt and the leather trousers. (laughs) Skakel! He said, hey, man, I love you, but don't hug me because this is a $3,000 suit. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, But he's great. Uh, Well, what's amazing about him is he's been so big for so long and really changed the game over in the UK because they were in the middle of a comedy boom. Everyone was partying, doing drugs. And this guy showed up who was an ad executive with a five-year plan and just like basically took the entire industry by storm. But still like, we'll go work out, do spots like... You see him, my girlfriend's worked at Just for Laughs a bunch, and he will like just show up and sit and watch like four shows in a row. Oh, he's just, great. Just to see yeah. what, like, what are the, 
what are the new kids doing? Yeah. Which you just don't like. He's got a, plus a lot of comics either have talent or work ethic, and he has both. Yeah, and that's very rare. Which is why I must kill him. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm like I'm, I'm, and he's very funny and judgmental. Like I did a thing with him for Showtime, and before the show, I I grab a beer, and he goes, "Yeah, that's gonna help." Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh fuck, I should." Like it made me. I was like, "I'm an alcoholic." I, yeah. <laughs> I have to my life. I was auditioning for his TV show in the UK as. A, it just didn't go well. And my grandmother had passed away and I had to stay and do the audition and then leave. And in the, like, as it walked up, he's like sorting his papers and he could tell that like, I'd be fine with this. And he just went, your grandmother died. <laughs> and that's what you prepared. And then just walked out of the room and it just like, I was like, oh, it's going to be fine. But I was like, that's what, like, I'm like, we've known each other five minutes. You're busting my balls. You're off to have lunch. And I'm going to take the tube home. Well, he's very intimidated because like, yeah. he's got that Christian Bale, American psycho, just like no emotion, no demeanor. So, uh, you know, but he's a great guy. Like yeah, pe yeah. people think we don't like each other. He's, he's always very nice to me. And just because you, you beat him on a roast battle? Well, I know his executives or his, uh, his team was not very, I mean, literally the second my name was announced as the winner, they were complaining to like, executives and like uh i said well you know don't put me up against the guy like you know i mean roast battles it's combat yeah, yeah were they complaining that they put you against him or they wanted the decision reversed they wanted the decision reversed because i had one yeah, joke yeah. that didn't work uh uh and so i think they thought well he had one joke that didn't work jimmy all his jokes worked but it's but you it, had you're you're like uh Wait, is it five jokes? Or I think jokes? in Montreal it was four jokes, and then if you needed an overtime, because uh, your jokes, like your first three or four jokes, fucking murdered, and then just the last one. Well, I got, I was fucking nervous yeah. to be completely honest with you. I mean, you've done it, like it's. Uh, There's something weird. I realize. I I think I'm. I've like I've roasted people. I'm good at roast. I fucking suck at roast battles. I'm really bad. I don't think so. I mean, you fucked around in that one. I think if you took it seriously, you'd be a killer. Cause I don't think so. Oh, I disagree. I mean, who were you battling? Uh, I was up against uh, Joe DeRosa. No, I don't think it was. Wasn't it someone else? No, I think if it was someone else, it was someone mis else. Misremembering it. You battled Joe DeRosa? Yeah. Did was, you win? So no, bad. no. Joe DeRosa beat me. How's that you, possible? Yeah. Well, for, no, he was good. No, no, I know, but yeah. that means that you didn't do your homework because he's well, a no. breaking ball when he's. Oh, oh, I know, but I think with, uh, I think I know who you're thinking of and it's that me. went after Dave Chappelle. Yeah, and it was a whole meltdown. That it wasn't was Mike. Thing. Yeah, that was it. Was Mark Forward and Sean Cullen? Oh, oh this is the greatest uh, podcast moment of all time. I'm happy to have him here. <laughs> I thought it was you. No, I, it was. Uh, do we oh, have to shit. Do we yeah. have to leave? Yeah, now? get 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 your stuff. Get yeah, the fuck. Get the fuck <laughs> well, guys, so this we has been inappropriate, fun. Earl. Uh, I've been laughing the whole time because every time he brought it up, I was like, "Am I fucking Mister Memory Center? There's no way he went after Dave Chappelle. He likes Dave Chappelle." <laughs> but I mean, well, there. I, I feel so like I would have known. Because so I I was there when that happened with Mark and Sean with Dave Chappelle, and as you were saying at the top, I was like. That happened twice to Dave Chappelle. <laughs> like, That's crazy because either one trouble. of them looks like you, or Which one looks like me. Neither. Like what? You look like a combination of both of them. Okay. Yeah. Well, I stand corrected then. Uh, so it's so two. But what's funny is that that's two Canadian guys. So yeah. in your head, you're probably like, there can't be more than you one think crazy that all Canadian Canadians person. Look the same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's very racist. <laughs>
Can you tell the difference between the three of us? I That's cannot. That's why it's called inappropriate Earl. That was. Yeah. We don't all look alike. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. I mean, if you if you grew a beard and like hair a little long, and you, I mean, you know, you're the black sheep. Oh, I just. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, if I got a drinking problem, I could blend in with these two red noses. <laughs> I like that he's going to call you Mike at the end. Yeah. So, Mike, tell us about battling Joe DeRosa. I got to tell you, the thing when you're battling Joe DeRosa is you got to really pay attention to the fact that he has the posture of a melting candle. Yeah. I, I'm just trying to think. Let's roast. Uh, <laughs> well, I remember Joe against Jimmy Carr. He kind of gave up halfway through. And he had a meltdown, and it was just the funniest thing because <laughs> Jimmy started hammering him with the six, seven jokes in a row, and I think Joe was overwhelmed, and he just was, and the crowd was kind of booing him, and Joe just was like, "Fuck you guys, you think this is easy?" And uh, I, this is, I will credit Joe. Joe DeRosa is the greatest on-stage meltdown comedian I've ever seen. Oh yeah, like I, uh, I host a show at the Edinburgh Festival called Late and Live, and it starts at one in the morning, ends at three in the morning, and it's a it's a term you don't really have here. It's like a bear pit. Imagine the comedians at roast battles were the audience, and there's 400 of them, mm. and they're drunk on scotch, and it's 2.30 in the morning. That's the audience. They're crazy and angry. And Joe DeRosa went out. First joke, they just weren't paying attention. And it's Scotland, which is in England. And, he's, and he just started talking to them as if they're English and talking about how America is better. And they turned on him, and he did the most baller freakout move as he took his leather jacket off and just screamed at them for 15 minutes. Like people were trying to climb on stage. Security was going nuts. It was, um, <laughs> and they were booing. And he was just like, I don't care if you're going to, boo I'm going back to a real country in three days. Oh, Mwah. yeah. I mean, I love that kind of like Bill Burr in Philadelphia. Oh, when they were, yeah, yeah. Legendary. Yeah. You yeah. know, uh, and roast battle tonight. will have that vibe. They turn on you in a second. Like I can't wait to see it. I've never seen it uh, here in LA. So it's going to be cool. It's completely different. Like you'd think Montreal, you wouldn't be able to match that energy or what they did in LA. And it's just because the room is literally about the size of my, this. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, once the energy hits that wall, it just bounces off that wall and then it hits the ceiling. And it's, it's like until the show's over, it has nowhere to go. And yeah. The, yeah. Go ahead, sir. I was just going to ask, the ones that they do here, do they still have that kind of program where this week you're facing this person, the winner goes on to the next, and they kind of bracket it up? No, that's LHM? only really with the TV show, although this year they just did one battle each. Like, you didn't, there was no bracket. It was okay. just, you know, you and me would battle, and then that's it. Um, which I kind of like, because then you could put all your energy into one battle. Uh, like in Montreal, it was, you know, you had to, like I battled... Uh, who Tom Ballard, who's amazing. Uh, Cause I thought he beat Jimmy Carr in that in your season. Yeah. Um, so it's like, Oh fuck, I got to place Tom and then Jimmy uh, and then Sarah and Kay Trevor. That was on five days. Like, so I think I'd rather just say you're, you're facing Jimmy Carr. Okay. Were you writing, like, did you write for, like, you'd look at, you have to, you could potentially be against. And so you must be looking at Rose battles going, Fuck, I hope she wins because I have like 11 good jokes about her. I have nothing about him. Well, I mean, I had help. You know, uh, I mean, I think Mike Lawrence is the Mike Lawrence and Pat Barker are the only two who don't use any writers. I'm like Bon Jovi. I pay other people to write the hits and I sing them. Uh, I mean, I was hoping I would get I didn't want Sarah because it's very tough in roast battle to battle a girl because okay. you just come off a bully. Mm -hmm. Um so I was afraid yeah. to 
I mean, me and her are best friends. And, and Sarah Silverman was judging. And I knew she didn't like age jokes when they did them against her, I think, in the James Franco roast. Yeah, she got offended that uh, they were saying that she was old. That's yeah, and she's not. But it is roast battle. Yeah. So you, it's like if I battle any one of you guys, yeah. I love yeah. you guys. But I, you know, and you guys love you me or whatever. But yeah, yeah, but the age is not the worst thing you could go after. That's crazy. Well, uh, I mean, I think I'm the oldest roast battler. I just turned 50. So, like, that's going to be a big target against me. But I love it. Like, yeah, that's... Because I'm a rebuttal guy. Like, I'm not the best joke writer in terms of roast battle. It's just not my sense of humor, you know, so. When you do it, I've done I've done the UK. I was an alternate for the UK version, and, and then I did it live. When you do it, do you, have you ever worked with the person you're battling against, or do you no. go in a isolation they don't know? Because I've done it both ways. I mean, I don't like, uh, I don't want to know what's coming. You don't want to know. Because my thing is, I'm not the best roast writer, uh, but for whatever reason, I'm really quick with rebuttals because mm. I know where people are going to hit me. It's going to be age. It's going to be the age of my last girlfriend because there was a 27-year difference. I think that's pretty cool. That's very good. Work. It was legal. Of course, some of my roast battle compatriots can't tell math. Oh, shit. <laughs> 18 is 18, not 16. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I just go there? Shh. Uh, so I think if you know, like you, you're going to get hit since I know Mike the best, you know, on, uh, you know, some of your controversial jokes and yeah. you I know, look like a lesbian or I look like Kim Jong-un. <laughs> right. I mean, that's a bait, you know, you would yeah. get hit on, you know, uh, the long hair and the beard. Yeah. You'd get hit on uh, being I too handsome. Know, I agree. Thank uh, you. Being a faggot. That's yeah, uh, very good. Yes. So just kidding. Tom Ballard. My We're love cool. of cum. Yeah. Uh, but like, well, it was against Tom Ballard. That's all I did were AIDS jokes. And, of course. Uh, and I love him. Like he is amazing. And even Comedy Central was like, yeah, um, do you have anything that doesn't involve having AIDS? I'm not, not against Tom. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You booked the battle. And Sorry. It's also, he's the great one to say you have AIDS too because he's a bit doughy. So it's that other angle of <laughs> you're doing AIDS wrong, Tom, which yeah. is even better. And he's so good. Like, yeah. Because uh, he just looks at you and goes, okay, I'm gay. I still get more pussy than you. So what else you got? And it's like, oh, fuck. Uh, and K. Trevor's the same where he, you know, he's he's not fat, but he's, he's you know, a bigger dude. And so he knows you're going to call him fat. He's like, all right, what else you got? Uh so I don't like knowing what's coming. Mm. Like the Sklar brothers who are great guys. I mean, I love the Sklar brothers, but I think they maybe rehearsed it. Yeah. And I didn't like it because it was just. Felt like wrestling. Well, and they're big wrestling fans. Uh, but it just, I, to me, roast battle is like me and Mike going at it tonight. I don't know what you're going to say about me. Same thing. And, you know, the best man will win. And it's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if I said, hey, Mike, I'm going to do a joke about you being from Quebec, and then you already know it's coming. I, I just, I don't like that. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's full of shit. I don't think they're even really brothers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a total scam. <laughs> it's just one guy in a mirror is what you're saying? They've been playing us for years, guys. <laughs> uh, but the, the TV one we did, uh, the, the French Canadian one that I was a judge on, they were asking me if I wanted to see what the, the comics were going to do. And I was like, how can I judge them if I know what's coming? Like, I'm not going to, 
it's not going to be good. And the thing that surprised me when you said that everyone had writers except for two guys on the American one, I kept on giving shit to all the fucking Canadians. I was like, you lazy motherfuckers. All the Americans are writing their shit themselves. And I gave I gave shit to everyone. Well, I mean, I, I can only speak for myself. Uh, I probably wrote about 40% of my jokes. And then, uh, like, I love Sarah Tiana. So it was hard for me to look at her and go, okay, I'm going to call her this or that. It's just not my... I can't do that against someone I like. I just like, you know, and, and so I had other people who didn't have a problem who also love Sarah, but they're like, Hey dude, it's not as much. It's going to be on TV. This is what I would do. Yeah. And you know, so my first joke against her didn't really hit. Cause it was just like a, a silly abortion joke. I said, Oh, Sarah Silverman will like this joke. And then when Mike Lawrence went up against her, you know, he's a little bit more of a, I don't want to say bully, but a little, a little bit more, uh, stone cold about it. he's like i'm gonna call her fat i'm gonna call her old and he won so uh there was a thing on the french canadian one they uh one of the guys that ended up doing really well he uh he canceled the day before because he was like i've i've little girls and uh this will teach them bullying and blah 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 and i was like oh that fucking asshole so but then he i convinced him to do it and then he did do it and he did really well and he was in the finals and i was hoping he was going to win cuz i wanted to name the trophy the bully of the year goes to and just give it to him and say you're the best bully in all of canada well it is kind of i mean uh i mean I, the show's done everything for me so you know, I love it, but it is, uh, it does border on bullying. Yeah. I mean, it's, but, but the people that do it are, are aware that that's what, they're oh, doing. for sure. And the, like the thing that he was telling me, he was like, my, my kids, uh, friends are going to see this. And I was like, your, your kids are seven years old. Why the fuck are they like, and it's on cable. Like it, like it, the roast battles here, it's on comedy central. If you don't want little kids watching comedy central, your, your kid isn't the one that calls fucking bright house to go. Yeah. I want comedy central. Just yeah. fucking cancel the Comedy Central. Absolutely. And what I always found interesting of just doing it was, and I don't know if it was like that for your version or the American version, but we got like producer notes, but like they knew that it was, I don't like that calling it bully. I disagree because it's complicit. Both people are going, we're friends. We have affection for each other. We're going to attack each other. And there's no, like we're both, it's not like one person showed up to do a gig and then it's not like you got hired to do stand up, and then I walk on stage with you and be like, "Hey, give it up for Lemmy with yeah. who got stung by a bee." Um, <laughs> what well, I, th yeah. I think, though, but the the note, sorry, sorry, oh no, sorry. no, but the the notes I found were the funniest part, which was a friend of mine got sa said, "You can say rape, but don't say raped." What? And I, and he was like, "Why?" What? And they were like, "So it can be a thing." I want to rape you. But not you got raped. Basically, it's one of those things where it's as opposed. It's exactly yeah. that. They're like, we feel that that is less triggering than the other. Like, really? He was like, where is this focus group? Yeah. Where are you doing? And they, I think they were like these sort of frazzled English people being like, okay, you could, like. There was like certain British, like you could say oh. "puff," which is a, like a slur for gay, gay. But they do like don't say fag. Exactly, because they're like. That we can put on the internet, and other other countries won't know what you're talking about. Oh, but fuck, it's, it's so stupid. It's so like oh, it was just fuck are people dumb. It was. It, I loved it. I was. Well, they gave me notes, you know, against Tom. Like you can say semen, but you can't say cum. 
Really? And I'm like, I ended up saying, come. I'm like, hey, I'm nervous up there. This guy's an animal. I thought he'd be Jimmy. I'm not holding back. Like, Did you call him an animal because he sucks dick? Yeah. Well, you oh, he's people? disgusting. I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, animal. But he's so likable. Like, you know, th those are the hardest ones. You know, like he smiles at you. Like, did did they beep the the word "come" or they let it go? I, you know, I've never watched one of my battles on TV. Really? Uh, you not even like on YouTube? No, I, really? I just I don't like watching myself. Uh, so, and I, I, you know, I went on Reddit once. I don't that was know a bad why. idea. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. You know, I think someone uh, said, "Hey, they're talking about your battle with Jimmy Carr on Reddit," I, and I didn't know what Reddit was. I'm like, "Oh, let me check this out," and it was just like, "Wow." Yeah. So <laughs> we avoid. I avoid Reddit for a while now, uh, just because there's usually nothing good, right? And we had a guest on, uh, a guy who started doing comedy when I started doing comedy, but he just stopped at some point. And we brought him on, talk about, you know, what he's up to now. And he was happy to be on. He was telling his friends, hey, I was on 2 Jake Minimum, check it out. And then somebody's like, you mean this? And they found a Reddit comment that said, yeah, this guy needs to do comedy a favor and never appear anywhere ever again. This is the most unfunny fucking person. So it just killed him. And I told him, why would you go? You're not a comedian. Yeah. Why would you look at Reddit? They're going to shit on you. That's what they're going to do. But I didn't know, he probably was like me, where I was like literally so stupid. It's like, oh, what's Reddit? Let me, uh, Earl Skakel, Jimmy Carr. And it was just like, this guy sucks. You know, he he paid Comedy Central off. He paid them off you, to be here. And I'm like, do you really think? Comedy you, People were saying that you paid Comedy Central I, off. Oh, uh, so stupid. Uh, well, they um, they accused me of uh, paying Jimmy Kimmel and Seth Rogen for the votes. What? And it's like I've met Jimmy Kimmel at that point once, and I had never met Seth Rogen until after the battle. And, and they both really need the money. Jimmy Kimmel, yeah, yeah. Jimmy yeah. Kimmel makes like fucking That's eleven it, million a year. Yeah. Seth Rogen makes ten million a movie. Yeah. yeah. What do you think I paid? Earl Skakel's outside their dressing room with yeah. a signed <laughs> Ultimate Warrior T-shirt. Mr. Hey. Kimmel, I think we know which way it'll be going this yeah. afternoon. Hey, uh, <laughs> Seth, here's a hundy for you. Yeah. <laughs> I love how those people with those comments have no idea how show business works. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And they don't know how fucking hard roast battle is. I respect any roast battler and any comic, yeah, really. Yeah. Uh, you see a comic uh, bomb on TV. You don't see it too often, but, like, we've all... You know, there was one comic on Kimmel who maybe didn't have the best. I don't want to mention his name just because, you know, I'm sure he's a great guy. But who is uh, it? Uh, I'll tell you. Okay. Just do it like this. You know, uh, so you can say it. Delaney. Anyway, um, but even him, I would be like, hey, it's the toughest gig in the world. Yeah. Especially it's, you've done. I've never done stand up on television. Uh but it's so time constrained and you it's down to the second because I saw Ian Bag once do Craig Ferguson uh, and how nitpicky they are with you until you walk out on stage. They were telling them, yeah. hey, you got to move this joke. You got to do this joke. You, gotta, you can't do this joke. You've got four minutes and 30 seconds. At least that's what it is on Ferguson. It's like, holy fuck, what's the fun of this? Like, I'd be petrified. I've never done like um, um, network TV in the States, but I did two things on Showtime. And there's TV has no 
Like for stand up, no impact anymore. Yeah. So if you do like uh, uh, the late late show with uh, that chubby guy that sings karaoke, James Corden, you're it's not going to do anything for your career. It'll piss you off though, hanging out. But with him. like you get, you, so you get people that are funny, and then like like someone sees you and they go, "Fuck, Earl's amazing." I'm, okay, so Earl, come do what you did, but change this, change this, change this, and then you change everything they tell you to change, and you become a fucking garbage comic. You're not what they loved in the first yeah. place. That's what always bothers me. Is let the I think it's it's only us it's only comics you don't go to a chef a five star restaurant Michelin star and you go up to me like I love what you did there but don't hold the ba- hold, the hold this yeah put some peanuts do that's insane the product that you wanted that I gave you is yeah. what I made well it's like it, it's the same thing with roast battle like you know not that I want to make this a roast battle podcast but it's the very same thing where like the first couple of years it was just an amazing show where it was just the energy was you didn't know what was going to happen next that untelevised season in Montreal was completely insane uh, you know and then it's now kind of gone a direction I don't you know necessarily awesome? like I like, just realized if I wasn't even on that show not that you not just that you <laughs> the wrong season me, but I was like but I remember I'm not even a comedian <laughs> I was just, I'm just some dude from Canada. He was yelling at another black guy outside. You're like, he's yelling at Dave Chappelle. (laughs) Well, you know, but I remember talking to you backstage and and I was like, you know, hey man, my name's Earl. You know, I I do the show in LA and, you know, I I gave you not joke advice, but like, but I was like, you know, it's a wild show. So, you know, shorter's better and meaner. And I, you know, I, I was... I was. Yeah, I remember you were super nice and super uh, like inform. Like it was, it, it was all good advice. And every, I was surprised how how nice everyone was on that show. And then I that that's when I started following you on Twitter. And I fucking loved all your your <laughs> shitting on LA. Oh, I, love, I keep it too real. Attention, LA. <laughs> and it was always. A, I, I mean, I just like, moved here. To oh, LA. you're gonna love my Twitter. <laughs> I, I was gonna like, what, what? Give me the greatest hit of LA comic bashing, just so I got because I like to watch it and be like, nailed it. Well, I'm an LA comic, mm-hmm. so I, you know, I've been in the jungles here for 20 years or whatever. So you're like Colonel Kurtz, and I'm Martin Sheen. Bringing oh, my boaters to the temple. I'm, I'm like Rambo at the end of Rambo, like when I'm in one the one or three. The, well, there's like six. Right. Uh, the, the, I only acknowledge the first Rambo. Uh, oh, interesting. I only acknowledge the third one. <laughs> right when he's in Russia trying to get where uh, he defeats the entire Russian army with one guy who's shot. Yes, Colonel with a fucking pea shooter. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, if I could explain LA comedy, uh, there's a lot of great people in LA comedy. Mm-hmm. But there's that five percent that will go up to you and say, "Hey, great set," and you haven't even gone on yet. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've had that happen to me. Oh. Hey, loved your closer, Earl. I'm like, uh, I just got here. Oh, uh, I'll see you when you go up. Like they're so phony oh, and so like the best is when they talk shit about a celebrity. Like you know, they'll make fun of Rob Schneider's last movie, and you know. I'm friends with Rob in full disclosure, but so I love seeing this interaction of them saying Deuce Bigelow 2 wasn't good or whatever, the hot chick wasn't good. Mm-hmm. And then they see Rob in the uh, hallway of the comedy store. Oh, Rob, I love the hot chick. It was a great movie. You know, it's, it's a little, I don't know if it's like that in Canada or oh, I'm sure. No, in no. the UK, it's, yeah. very, it's very much like that you know, in a way. I think like LA attracts, the, the as an outsider, the way I see it, it attracts the the best 
people and the worst people. And they're all together. Yes. So it's fucking crazy how you see people and you're like, how the fuck did you think that moving from Wisconsin to here was a good thing? You have you're a fucking weirdo with no talent. Yeah. Don't let that stop you. And there's no middle. There's no guy there's getting no, okay, better. Yeah. It's just, yeah, like. People that are super good or horrible and their their best move career-wise is to commit suicide before they cost their parents too much money. Exactly. That's and, how they get yeah. their name on the side of the comedy stores. <laughs> hey, my name's on the side of the comedy store. What are you talking about? Now? Yeah, but you didn't jump off the high at all. I thought about it. Uh, We've all thought about it. I wanted someone to YouTube it so my uh, <laughs> album gets some reviews. But I mean, I it, it's LA. I mean, it's where I started, which in some ways was the it's the worst place in the world to start because you're like you guys are all three established comics. You guys came here honing your craft other places. So uh, you know, I didn't. I honed honed it. I honed my craft here when I probably wasn't ready. To, you know, I, I got on the. So people saw you way too early. Oh, I bombed in front of Barry Katz uh, in 2006, and he came on the podcast recently. And yeah, was, that was a really good episode. Oh, I mean, he, you know, he's a controversial figure. Like, I had a few big name comics ask me to not release the podcast because they're oh, like, really? I mean, I is he that controversial? Barry's not that. Um, I well, I you know, let me put it this way: he's been great to me, uh, but. So I only talk poorly about people who have wronged me. Which is a good way to go about it. No, yeah. Yeah, Well, I mean, you know, if I have a problem with you, you know. Yeah. Uh, But I, you know, I'd heard through the years that he might have, you know, been unscrupulous with other people. Uh, You know, I know Chappelle had maybe not said some of the nicest things about him uh, and others. So, uh, but he's, you know, he kept it real and... uh, if if I could steer one episode to anyone, it would be to that because he interesting he came out. You know, I told him about my problems with roast battle and yeah, yeah. You know, how I didn't necessarily like being treated in some avenues. And he was like, "Well, this is what Comedy Central was thinking." And you know, so he was a uh, he's you know he's been his history in comedy is pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, he's 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 had everyone. Yeah, I mean, uh, for a while, yeah. Um, yeah. and he could see it from that other side. He's been sued by every great American comedian. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, that's uh, he was the best of this summer. Like we, at, at just for laughs, we we talked to him for not very long, and yeah. then for some reason, everything I tweeted and everything he tweeted for about four months. Barry retweeted. So oh, supportive. And, and sometimes we'd even do jokes about him and he'd retweet yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was the fucking weirdest thing in the world. I mean, he get, I think he gets like, uh, he, he's almost like Kurt Russell was in the movie Used Cars. Like, he gets it. Like, yeah. you, you're either going to love me, you're going to hate reference. me. Yeah. Now, guys, we're going to end the Instagram live feed here because okay. I give people a little tasty and then they got to go to iTunes. Like drug dealer. By the way, a quick shout out to the person who reported me for a music violation. I'll find out who you are. Fucking clowns. Yeah. yeah. So, guys, give your Twitter and shit just for the Instagrammers or however you guys want to promote yourselves. Okay. And then we're going to talk, you know, off, not off air, but you got to listen to the rest. So we'll start with you, Chief. Eat shit and die, music violator reporter. It's at the John Hastings on everything social media. And if you go and listen on iTunes, you're going to hear the story of me getting heckled by Dennis Rodman. Little tease for the show. Just go to pantelliscomedy.com to get everything you need. If you're on Instagram, it's B-I-G-P-4-H, big P-4-H on Instagram. 
Uh, I have a special on Amazon Prime in the U.S. and U.K., Mike Ward Infamous. And uh, social media is always Mike Ward CA. These are good dudes. The complete opposite of some of my L.A. comedy compatriots. <laughs> I think I was lucky because the first time I came down here and I was uh, I went to perform at the Ice House. Yeah, it's a great club. It's a great club. And the people that I met there were super nice. I met uh, Fraser Smith the first time over there. Uh, L.A. legend. L.A. super cool guy. And then I met, uh, I don't know if you know Hannah Dickinson. She's doing something on. I know uh, of her. So she's doing something on Comedy Central now. She was one of the first people I met. Super nice. Kept in contact with her. Had done my podcast too. And like I said, I got to meet good people that were nice to me when I first came down here. And only now do I get a taste of the weirdos. Yeah. Initially. Well, nice. they probably look at you. Uh, and there's nothing to do with you. But like, oh, who's this guy from Canada? He's, he's taking my spot. No. Uh, you know, and, and it's like, no, he's not taking your spot. You probably weren't going to get the spot in the first yeah. place. Probably. From what I've seen, probably. But were. there's a lot of very support. LA's also very supportive. Uh, the thing I really like about... Um, LA, like the first time I was here, I, I didn't like the comedy here like 10, 10 12 years ago. But l lately, the last couple of years, I've been seeing a lot of really good comics. Uh, uh, like the, the caliber's gotten way better, I find. There's still fuck, horrible comics, but there, there are some really good ones too. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with, um, speaking of Barry Katz, uh, I think Last Comic Stand in... And there's a lot of super funny comics on that show, but it also gave a lot of people the idea to get on TV. You only need two minutes because that's how they show. Yeah. Uh, even in the finals, I think they might, might show three minutes or whatever. So it gave all struggling False actors, hope. musicians, uh, people who didn't have the balls to, to get on stage. Oh, all you need is uh, five minutes. Yeah. I got that. And then they do well on the show because they're either good looking or they're fat or whatever. And like, oh, now I'm going to headline and say, you know, they might do a gig where you're featuring or hosting a, a, a whatever themed show. And like, you're not going to be able to follow Mike and you got to do an hour. Yeah. Uh, good luck with that, Jorge. Well, <laughs> sorry, I came in too hot there. No, it was. I don't know any comics it, named Jorge. Yeah, <laughs> it was the right amount of heat. It was just how hard you hit the whole like that. You Jorge. Jorge isn't named Jorge, but I, we know you're thinking of someone specifically when you said Jorge. <laughs> I mean, you'll probably see them tonight at the comedy store. <laughs> but I am too honest. I keep it too real. I'm I, burning bridges. But, I fucking dig it. Ah, fuck. I'm 50. If I haven't been on Comedy Central by now, I'm probably not going to be on it. Yeah. Because as we know, Comedy Central does not book anyone that's over 25 because yeah. people that are teenagers hate people over 25, which is why none of them watch baseball. I couldn't no. even get on At Midnight, which is the equivalent of saying you can't get on Comics Unleashed with Byron yeah. Allen. <laughs> yeah, that was the Comics Unleashed of Comedy Central. <laughs> I, I loved how that show was. It was such a garbage show, but a lot of comics were pretending like it was a good show. But I, I still wanted to be on it. I never Just, saw it. But it was a garbage show. It was the worst thing ever. But like, you know, like you said, and I couldn't agree with you more, like being on TV now means nothing. Yeah. But I'd still like to be on it just just, I mean, I don't know how it is in Canada and UK, but like in LA, you know, there's not that many comedy clubs to be honest. You know, yeah. there's three, and then the Ice House in Pasadena. You got Hermosa, uh, which is kind of its own island, and it's all TV credits. Like they don't, 
I'm sure they want you to be funny, but they just want to say, hey, you've seen Mike on, uh, you know, Comics Unleashed, uh, you know, uh, and they don't, they can't just bring you up, hey, this guy, Mike, he's, he's great. He's from Quebec City. Yeah. That's what I love about England. The first time I went to England, they, do, they don't give the credits there. Like, like so so and if, if you tell a, a british mc say they say they'll, they'll look at you like you're a fucking weirdo well they, they will say you will bomb they will the audience will be sitting there going i don't give a fuck that he's yeah. been on television well then why is he here if he's been on tv and you'll walk <laughs> onto anger like i was at their comedy store and a guy was like got into the host face and went no you tell them this 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 and the oh, guy really? went i'm gonna do it you're going to bomb like they're going and literally as he's reading out people are like yeah we like one guy at the back went we got it like it was just like they just don't care british people are so angry in I, comedy i should go over there yeah. i think i found my target audience oh. angry white people yeah. earl yeah you'd have an absolutely lovely time especially you you because you understand you know like you're going from la to england you'd walk on and every woman would be like oh my god that, that man has iron in his blood and is probably vitamin rich like, well, i have a slight you know my bitterness fuels me i'm like oh. the ultimate warrior you oh. know do you realize we might delve into pro wrestling for a second here the warrior died as soon as he went to the wwe hall of fame and forgave everyone of course he literally died two days later because he was like, Hulk Hogan, I'm sorry. Jake the Snake, I'm sorry. Vince, I'm sorry for being a maniac. And literally died of a heart attack because he was like, he, his bitterness fueled him. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's he, me. He, it's, he, I've gone rogue. Never apologize. <laughs> You've never, you, uh, why haven't you ever been to the UK? Yeah, I was about to say. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I would love to. Like, I know Australia. Do you need the bathroom? No, I'm, I'm going to grab another drink. Oh, please, um, please. Uh, well, it's one of those things because Roast Battles is the biggest thing on their Comedy Central right now. Like, it's one of those things where that's a credit that's legit. We could talk off my... I could, oh, yeah. Well, look. I would think, like, what I wanted Comedy Central to do for the opening of the UK show, I'm like... Because I am I come from a pro... Yeah, drink up. Do whatever. Do you need a uh, twist off? Or no, the, no, we're just... Uh, it's got strong uh, hands. This is like yeah. Tom Cruise and cocktail right now. Uh, I, I said... Fly me over to the UK. Now I'm being self-serving because I want to. You know, uh -huh. I, I thought it would be a nice gig. I think the best way to open this show up is you have Jimmy Carr doing like a little monologue or whatever, and then I come out from behind the curtain in an American flag, <laughs> cut a little heel promo. Yeah, like, baby. I, I beat your ass in Canada. Let me beat your ass in your home turf, you faggot. <laughs> and he'd probably kill me. They'd sell you as this is the guy that cocked jimmy Carr. <laughs> yeah and you could even play up you know because i know some people don't think i beat him uh and probably the best moment of my life was when anthony jaslin like who's very um like uh, aloof and i and i mean that in like because we kind of started together i mean aloof in a really nice way he's just quiet i think he came up to me at the comedy store and he doesn't really go up to anyone he's just almost shy in a weird way and he said hey congrats on beating jimmy i'm like yeah a lot of people don't think i did and he grabbed me by the arm he's like you beat him and it was just like being blessed by yeah. the pope like oh so i mean i would have loved to have gone over there and battled jimmy in the uk and like uh, i'm actually surprised that like even if Jim, I bet you, if Jimmy had known that that was on the table, that would have been. would have said yes. That would have sure. been a very different proposition. Well, I don't think it was on the table. So, <laughs> no, but uh, I mean, if you had had that idea, because oh, yeah. I guarantee that never got like through, like anything. There's like ten 
10 people doing 20 different things that just never got to him. If you can get that to him, I guarantee, I'm sure that they would try and do that. I'll Cause I know you, I'll give you his email off, off air. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, right. Yeah. 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 Hey, Oh, I gave out my cell phone number last week on the roast battle (laughs) podcast. I'm like, you guys don't No, I did it on purpose. (laughs) Did you get a bunch of weirdos that wrote shit or? Well, they beeped it out, you know? Oh, I'm like, Oh, you guys have a problem with me and roast battle. Here's my fucking cell phone number. You losers. And then (laughs) three, one Oh, eight, eight, three. Who are you? Ric Flair giving out the Marriott name. Oh, I did. You're the only guy who's ever gotten that reference. So yeah, I'll be in 406 at the Marriott to, all night long. To explain, so every time Ric Flair would go on television in the 80s to promote his next match, at the end of the promo, he would give out his hotel room number so people could swing by and fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, why not? And like, it, it was, and I was always like, oh, it's a joke. And like, in his book, the other wrestlers like, no, it was his fucking hotel room number. So he would just be like, people be in there, he's trying to sleep. And there's like, Knox, he's like, all right. And like, yeah, it's fucking. Well, I like to interact with the fans. Like, I find the best way to engage haters and like is to be nice to them. It drives them crazy. It's like the reverse mental. Oh, you suck, girl, as a comic or whatever. You didn't beat this person. Oh, thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate your support. And they don't know what to say. But you and Jeselnik have that where you really give zero fucks. Like, he's one of those guys that I've never met and I already like and respect him. Oh, he's awesome. He, I forgot what it was, but I, w- I was at the Comedy Nest in Montreal and I was, it was Saturday night. Something happened. There was a, fuck, I don't know, shooting or something happens here all the time. Uh-oh. And he tweeted a joke about it. So I go in the green room and there's an open mic, there's two open micers, one of them was opening the show. And they were complaining about it. Like, do you think this is too far? Like, it's a little too soon and this, and they were talking about how offended these open micers were about his joke that it was too soon. Like, they get to determine what too soon is. So they're like, Pantelis, have you seen this in the show? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I retweeted it. That's probably why he's on your feet. I like this guy. He's my kind of guy. There's no too soon. It's either funny or it's not. I mean, I think you could joke about anything, but it's got to be funny. Yeah, like, that's yeah. that's all that matters. Exactly. If it was mean spirited, we would all know we would agree. The fact that yeah. he has that many retweets, that many likes, because those people thought this fucking hilarious, great way to deal with the situation. Like don't the, read too deep into it. Yeah, I mean, we're all comics. I mean, I don't want to offend anyone uh, or make anyone sad at a show. Uh, uh, you know, obviously, we're, yeah. we we want to make people laugh and feel good. And we're selling happiness. Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, like some nights it's not going to work. Even the darkest comic you've ever seen, when they write the joke, you, you never see a comic that's like, oh, people are going to fucking hate this. <laughs> They're going to get angry. But everyone writes a joke. It could be a rape joke, could be a suicide joke, or it could be a joke about clowns. It's always, I think this is funny. I think other people are going to think it's funny. And I also think that no matter how a good comedian, like anything, any good performer, what they think they're doing, they think they're doing the most mainstream version of it. My friend Ben Tarjay is a, he's a comedian, but it's it's almost, it's performance art. It's everything. Like he'll, like, it's, it's mind-blowing shit, like what he'll do. But in his head, his dream is he's, he wants to be Ray ca- Romano. He wants to be right. Carrot Top. He literally, I was talking to him and he's like, I'm trying to be a prop comedian. And he's literally getting reviewed in The Guardian and they're like calling him like the next big artist and all this sort of stuff. And he's like, no, I want to perform for drunk people. But it's just in his brain, his filter creates that. And I think that that sometimes gets mixed. That people don't realize that if it's a stand-up comedian, they're trying to remove the teeth from something scary and stuff like that. And this is how in their warped mind, they thought they'd go about yeah. it. And sometimes the mark gets missed, but it's still important that people are trying to do those things because someone is going to hit pay dirt in a way that it can be a cathartic process for someone that's had bad things happen, stuff like that. Like it's, yeah. 
Well, that's what I love about Roast Battle is I think that's the first show in probably 10 years that I've seen that's like brought back politically incorrect jokes. I mean, Mike Lawrence can call Ralphie May, you know, and we Ralphie was like, you know, the, the, the I'm wearing the. I mean, that, the I get well up, like, because Ralphie was very yeah. good to me, but, you know, you could call someone as big as Ralphie, you know, a, basically a fat slob, and you could call this girl a whore, and you can call me old, and this guy a fag. And as long, like we said, as long as the jokes were funny, yeah. people would laugh. It's it's funny you bring up that point, which was, I remember sort of two, three years ago, everyone, I don't know what it was like over here, but in the UK, everyone was going crazy about political correctness is going to kill comedy. And I just felt like I'm like, no, but they did this in the 80s. And then that gave birth to like Sam Kinison and Andrew Dice Clay and all that sort of, and those gave birth to all the cool edgy comics that we all know now that all will say, it's like, no, there's always a call and response. It'll get pushed one way and then. There'll be something that satirizes so and pushes Hennig back. So Hennig Gatsby will create the next Sam Kennison? I, that's what I'm going to, like, <laughs> like, it sounds crazy, but yeah, absolutely no, because it creates a, okay, that is that is that version. Now it'll be this version. Yeah. And it, it's and it just swings around. Like, that's it's, why it's everyone. It's definitely, uh, and it's coming back the the good way, I think, to, like, for, for free speech. Because yeah. for a couple of years, it was, it was weird, like, especially for people like me. And now... People are happy that I'm doing my my shit that's inappropriate. Because like, I know you had problems, like you know, and I'm I sure you're sick of. Yeah. I mean, are you sick of talking about it? Can no, I bring? No, no, I haven't talked about it in a while, but because it's it, I got sued by the Canadian government. There's a thing called the Human Rights Commission back home. They sued me because of a joke, and uh, they, can you just say what the joke? I mean, I like the, what the joke involved. The basic joke was there was this little kid who was uh, <laughs> he was famous. Uh, he was a little singer, uh, a little disabled boy that sang for the Pope and he was kind of like a Make-A-Wish Foundation type kid. And the joke was that he he they granted his wish and then he didn't fucking die because he kept on doing other things. And I was like, why won't he die? We gave him his wish. He's a fucking wish thief. And it was a whole yeah. thing about him being a wish thief. But the best part of that joke that you never translate in English, I've noticed he, the best part is when he goes, I found out what was wrong with him. He's just ugly. It's just his yeah. face was disfigured. This kid's not dying. Yeah. And it was the best part of that joke. That's the pop. But the, and then then um, and you got sued for that. I got sued for that. I got a letter first from the Human Rights Commission that I didn't even know that was a thing. But I got a letter <laughs> saying uh, we heard about this joke and we uh, judged that you owe eighty thousand dollars to this kid's family. So then I was like, what the fuck? So I I I, I googled like. I tried to find the best free speech lawyer in uh, Canada. I got the best lawyer. And uh, he told me, he was like, look, um, the, you're not going to win. Because if, if you fight this, you're going to go to the Human Rights Tribunal and be against the Human Rights Commission. So it's like you're you're the people bringing you to court and the people judging you are the same people. He goes, so, but, so you should just pay. And I was like, no, because if I pay, it's a weird precedent. So I was like, I'm going to fight. And he goes, if you fight... You're going to lose, but then you, you'll appeal and then you'll win the appeal. And for some reason, I was like, oh, fuck it. That's like Rocky. Like, I got really excited about that because I didn't know it was going to be this long and this fucking expensive and this crazy. So I uh, went to court and they, 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 they said I was guilty of discrimination. They said that me treating a little disabled boy like anyone else is discrimination. Uh, they said I had to give 30, 35000 of the little kid. And uh, seven thousand to the mother and the little kid who's in his twenties now. But um, and uh, so so I'm waiting on the appeal. Right oh, so now. you're but, still yeah, dealing yeah. with yeah, it? Yeah, and and now I'm I, I am, it's going back. I'm going back to court early January, 
And then I'll probably get the verdict sometime next year. And then if I lose that, I'll take it to the Supreme Court. If I lose that, I'm just I'm just not going to pay. I'm going to tell them, fuck off. I'm not paying. Now, in a weird way, do you think, I mean, I could see this being beneficial from the standpoint of making you an outlaw comic. Like, yeah. I mean, well, does it help in that sense? Well, well, what was fucked up? It could have helped. But it, it it made me go through this weird depression because um, I started getting like um, when this first happened, like they didn't talk about it that much here in the States. But whenever people did talk about it in the States, people were like, oh, fuck, this comic is getting sued by his government. That's crazy. But in Canada and in England, they're like, this fucking asshole made fun of a disabled boy. Yeah. So I became the guy that that fucking hated disabled people. Right. So so it was really weird. And then I I do shows, then I'd have people yell shit out and rush a stage oh, and I got shit. death threats and I had it, it was fucking insane. So it made it that I didn't like comedy anymore. Right. And then I was like, I'm like, I'm 45 years old. I've never, I, I don't have kids. And the reason why I don't have kids is I'd be a shitty dad. Cause I like comedy too much. Right. I'm always fucking touring or doing shows. So then I was like, I was like, fuck the thing I gave my, like, this is my life and I don't like it anymore. So, so it's hard after that, that you, I was getting offers to tour like new places and I was like, fuck it. I don't want to work anymore. So I stopped working for like two years. I'd only work one week a month just so that I could pay the bills because my wife doesn't work. And I, I, I like I just bought a house from my mother-in-law. So I, I had fucking like crazy bills. So I'd work the minimum just to survive. And uh, now I got out of my depression and now I'm, I'm back to doing shows. But, you know, I think it's almost too late to, to use that. Right, but I'm 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 still you know I it it has helped, it has helped definitely. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna throw a cherry on top. Oh please! So the Human Rights Tribunal, those people, judged. Oh yeah, <laughs> he, they judged that he was mean to a kid. Right? They're like, that's terrible. Who does that to a child? Do you know what happened after that verdict came out? How many of them were found with kitty porn or whatever the fuck? Oh, a bunch yeah. of child molesters. The president? Holy yeah. Shit. So the, the people that said he was so mean to a kid were cool with fucking kids. Yeah. The president of the Human Rights Commission had to resign because it came out that 10 years ago, he paid a 13-year-old girl something like $80,000 to not tell anyone that he had raped her. And one of the people investigating, they found kitty porn. We'll get them into computer. L.A. comedy. Is yeah, that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're all L.A. comics. And they all now are actually working <laughs> at Roast Battles tonight. They're all uh, attention, L.A. comics. Uh, if you roast battle, you can get away with anything. Yeah. Here's my question. Because he was paying 80 grand. Do you think that initial letter was he he had someone who was going to break his knees? And he was like, you know what? I'll get 80 grand from Mike Ward. I'll pass it along. I don't know. It was fucked up, though. It was like... Uh, yeah, it was it was very weird. It felt like I was in a mobster movie. It felt like the mafia was coming in, going, "Hey, man, if you want to keep doing your 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 little jokes, it's gonna cost you." The thing that I, because the thing I never understood about this is why why go after you and not? Because it was on like the thing is, it wasn't this wasn't on stage? This was on television. No, and it, no, it wasn't even on television. I it, thought it was on TV. See, everyone they, gets confused with you. They, They're yeah, like, oh. they had to make it on on TV, and the reason why, like a, a lot of the British press shit on me so much it was a joke i did in french 
uh, just like because I, I, I work in French and in English, so I just did this joke in in the province of Quebec, and uh, then I I put it out like uh, on a on a special that was uh, never on TV. Like the special aired on TV, but we cut that part out. And I had a thing about Celine Dion's husband, who's a mm. fucking eighty year old pedophile. Yes, so I cut that out because <laughs> because because he met her when she was uh, he was in his forties and she was eight or nine. Yeah. Which is fucking crazy. Yes, but you to can't defend marry him, someone that you met when they were eight and yeah. you were well, fifty, but, set up a roast battle and all would yeah. be forgiven. Okay, listen. First of all, Sorry. they didn't start dating until she was thirteen. Which, <laughs> well, she did look fifteen in his yeah. defense. Earl, thank you. From your mouth to God's ears, goddammit. Well, <laughs> I, you know, I did date a girl twenty-seven years younger than me. She was nineteen. I was forty-six. So she was I'm an mean, adult. Yeah, yeah. Well, in you a know, way. <laughs> Well, not, not, not mentally, but legally. Oh, wait, wait, I, to be honest, mentally, she's probably the most mature person I've ever met. But oh, like, it, it's it was weird. But uh, I, you, I just I, I'm not trying to throw you under the bus. But every dude I know that's been like way dating a girl way older or that is dating a girl way younger than them always is like most mentally mature person. No, I'm, I'm telling met. you right now, like. It, like we went to Alice Cooper, and not that this is the greatest gauge of her maturity, but you, you've 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 sold me on Alice Cooper right there. I'm like, she yeah, took no, no drugs. <laughs> she knew every song of his from the '70s. Like she was an old soul. Like so, I never felt like I was dating. Like you've you've known some 19, 18 year olds, mm, yeah. 20 year olds, where they seem like they're 12. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she was in this particular case. Uh, this is why I hate myself. Is that absolutely swung me to his side? Where I was like, yeah, if she's yeah. singing along to the Ballad of Dwight Fry, yeah, no, yeah. I'll forgive she's her. Like, oh, Oh my god that's i love the dead i'm yeah. like well that's house of fire because i'm an 80s guy but. I've, I've one of my best friends he's like 53 and this actually like he he lost a lot of gigs because of this his his wife he married her now is 21 but he met her when she was 18 and people were freaking out but she's like you talked to her and she's like you can't tell yeah like you can tell he's older when you look at them but when you talk to them, they're both the same exact people. But I'm a stickler for like, hey, I mean, like I'm very black and white. And, you know, if a girl's 17 years old, 364 days, well, she's under 18. I mean, I'm going to fuck you on Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. Well, but, Tuesday. I, I, I but I'm like that. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, uh, Tuesday, you're legal. So yeah. we can get, you know, but I mean, some people would be like, really, dude, uh, one day's difference. It's a, hey, it's the fucking law. Yeah, it's a law. Yeah. What I find very interesting is a friend of mine who's a, a woman, she's dating now someone that is 15, 16 years younger. And I find it very interesting because people bend over backwards to be like, that's so cool. That's so progressive. Yeah. And I'm like, I like, I agree. Fuck who you want to fuck. But if the roles were reversed, a, a lot of you would not be so positive about yeah. the situation. But I also think it's like... Uh depends on the situation like i know some older dudes who just fuck young girls to relive their youth or to, their egos for with me i i'm just speaking from i mean pretty much any girl i'm gonna date is gonna be younger than me uh for me it's just i'm a vibe person if i get along with someone and they're 19 i'll date them uh i mean i took this girl to meet my family 
And I had two nieces who were older than her. <laughs> and it wasn't creepy at all. Like, they loved her. My sisters were a little weirded out. But I'm like, I told them, like, don't, like, you know. We, we, you were like Frank Sinatra bringing Mia Farrow to meet the Rat Pack? Was, yeah. That's Nancy. She's my daughter. You'll be her friend. <laughs> well, I remember introducing her to my two nieces. And even the nieces looked at me like, okay, uh, Uncle <laughs> Uncle Earl, uh, this is who you love at the time. I'm like, yeah, I mean, we're like, so, but, you know, I think like, I know Axl Rose would always shit on Warren Beatty because I know Warren Beatty would date like these 19 year olds. And he was clearly just fucking them to, hey, the I'm fuck? cool. Yeah, uh, just to show his dick still works. Yeah. So, uh, well, I mean, I got to go to 7 Eleven and get those dick pills every now and then. I don't know if they have them in they Canada. They have them at 7 yeah. Eleven? Yeah. Oh yeah, they. You talking about like ginseng like and? Oh no, no, kind of they're called like black mamba and. Oh, uh, they're real. They still. Rhino, oh, Rhino sixty nine. Are a they fake. like a, like as good as Viagra and Cialis? Well, not? from what I understand, from what a friend told me. Friend told me. Told me. <laughs> <laughs> a friend that was fucking a girl that was younger than my nieces. <laughs> yeah. a, a friend who roasts battles, whose name rhymes with Earl Skakel. Uh, there, it's just crushed up Viagra. Oh really? Uh, they're not for what I. Well, no. It's the Wild West right it's, now with dick pills. Like it's very it's like a bit more rogue. Than, it's a bit more than that. So uh John Jones, the MMA fighter, yes, got uh tested positive for uh performance enhancing drugs. Because he was on Cialis? Because he took some black mamba dick pills like two days before a fight to fuck someone. And then they were like, What? Like it was like crazy amounts of amphetamine and stuff like that. Because it like really opens up your blood vessels. So you yeah. And people don't that. understand. I never had any idea we'd talk about blood vessels in your dick on this. But that's the beauty of this podcast. Uh, your dick is the biggest muscle in your body. So here's a pro tip for those of you who don't want to venture into the black mamba world. Uh, arginine helps open up your blood vessels. But it's arginine. Yeah, what it's is like that? an amino acid. So it's natural. Like if John Jones would have, but you know, someone like John Jones, I mean, I don't know what else he was on. That's what I'm going to say. You are a naive yeah. whore, John, right? Yeah, yeah. He, you just like him because his name is John, spelt differently. That's it. Hey, well, he clearly took, per, you yeah. believe he's the only person on the planet who well, took fucking Viagra yeah. and it had like, uh, testosterone boosters in there. I'm going to jerk up horse hormones. So my dick will be a little hard and I'll go, look, I took yeah. Viagra. <laughs> He's probably gonna, trying to freak out his opponent. I'm, like, no, but I'm going to say this to counter. The thing with John Jones is where any other person, you'd be a, 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 incredibly right. In this case, you're incredibly right. Because he's the only guy where it's like, you just bought a cocaine and steroids. And he goes, yeah, I did cocaine and steroids. What, you got, so you caught, he's the only guy that's like. Oh, so he admits it? Yeah, he just goes like, yeah, yeah. Nailed it. Oh, so he admitted it. I, oh. Yeah, he. I think he. Well, more like he didn't exactly it wasn't as he, forthright he as go, you're making him out to be. Yeah, he didn't go like yeah, it was the Black Mamba, but it was like he. I think he was even on Rogan, and he basically was just like, yeah, popped by the Seven Eleven, and I got you know what Seven Eleven corner man uh, for the fight. You know what I'm saying? Well, they have like uh, you should go to the gas. I'm not saying you guys need them, but there's a gas station right up the street from here. What's the address? I'm giving you a friend. Well, you guys are in town tonight. It's a uh, it's a great place to go right before the comedy store and uh, load up on whatever. Uh, they I used to have like oh sorry to no no, no no no. But uh, in Montreal, the people that run the the the, the Viagra market. Uh, the black market is uh, Hell's Angels. And I had a bunch of Hell's Angels friends that they'd give me Viagra. So I'd use that with my wife. And then there was a thing I saw in the news, the way that they were making it to get the color in, they were just putting like house paint 
What? They bought paint. Like they had all the. So it was exactly like Viagra, but it, it, they, when they make it, it was white or beige or whatever. They they were like, we need to have this thing be blue, like real Viagra. So they went to the like Home Depot and bought blue paint. And I was like, you motherfuckers! But I've been I've been eating I've paint. been eating paint to fuck my wife for you, the last four years. You gonna complain to him? Yeah, no. I Are you fucking uh, yeah. okay? You paint's mother, cool. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Paint's cool. It's yeah. calling the customer service department at hell's angels and yeah i'd like to speak to your supervisor please yeah mr snake yes hello i think you'll find i was really lucky though that um i've had two sort of scandals in comedy uh back home one of them and it's always because i do jokes about little kids i I did a joke about uh, a little kid uh, about 15 years ago. There was this little girl that got kidnapped and I didn't even do a joke about her, but I did a joke about the the government anyway. And uh, the joke, the joke was that I'll tell the joke. It's not even going to work, but it's uh, It's a tough room. Yeah, it it is a tough (laughs) room, but it was uh, I owed money to the, the Canadian IRS and they I owed them like six hundred dollars and they had they'd closed. They seized all my bank accounts froze all my cards and i was like because they're fucking mental i was like if you owe them nine dollars they're gonna kidnap your children they're the ones that have and then i named the little girl's name got a got a laugh i did that in a gal on tv got an applause break next day got good reviews in the papers then a couple weeks went by and a guy wrote an article he was like the uh some jokes uh, go too far like mike ward did this joke and uh he offended the audience and um there was a reporter that started his show. It, it wasn't like a, a real reporter, but like a, a like a like a Canadian CNN type guy. He called. Uh, he started his show. He said uh, Mike Ward made fun of this little girl. Let's call her grandfather to see what he thought about that joke. So he called the little girl's grandfather, and he was like, "Yeah, Mike Ward uh, made fun of uh, your little granddaughter that got kidnapped. What do you think about that?" And he was like, "Well, what do you fucking think? I think about that." He and then he said, "I was an asshole." Blah blah blah. So people lost their minds, and then I started getting like like death threats, and I, I had people lined up outside my house to to uh, attack me, and I was always wondering. I, I'd look outside and. But they never attacked my house. But they had like they they had like little chairs, you know, folding chairs, waiting in front of my house, waiting. And I was like, I went outside, and I'm like, I'm not a tough guy, so I was just going like, "What do you guys want?" They were like pretending like they're waiting for the bus. But I live in a neighborhood that they're, they're like there isn't a bus stop. It's in residential, front of my house. fully residential. So I was like, "What the fuck?" And then I found out a couple years later because I'd done a bunch of shows for the Hell's Angels. When the Hell's <laughs> Angels heard that I had gotten death threats, they they put like guy hell's angels on two corners in front of my house so the people were watching me but the hell's angels were watching them yes. and that's the only reason why they never yeah. attacked i found this out like three years ago because i i kept on saying i got death threats like people were calling and going i'm gonna fucking murder you and then i was like but then they all pushed out they came over but no one murdered me it's like and it's not i just people might think he's exaggerating because you haven't heard the story it was that one more than the human rights insane. one was insane everywhere. For like a couple of days. My my aunt that you had sex with, my yeah. eighty year old aunt, eighty year old. He did. It, Mike was the, uh, my first pro weekend. Mike let me open for him, and my at the time eighty year old aunt came and took Mike aside, sort of critiquing his acting. Tell me what I was doing, doing wrong. wrong as I'm sitting there trying to climb inside my own mouth, and then Mike very hilariously, as she was walking away, just went, "I'm gonna fuck your aunt." <laughs> she called me and was like. 
your friend Mike, someone stabbed him to death. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, it was crazy. I I just remembered that was the first time I went to England. Uh, About two weeks after that happened, I go to England and then people find out I'm from Montreal and they go, do you know that comic that got murdered? And I was like, what? They were like, fucking comic in Montreal got murdered. I was like, really? A Montreal guy? They're like, yeah, some fucking Montreal guy made fun of this little girl that got kidnapped and he got murdered. And he was, I was like, oh, fuck, I got murdered in this story. <laughs> Every time you have a controversy, you pop over to the UK. Yeah, I, just, I just go for a couple of months in England and just go, okay, people will eventually forget. You should come to LA and just, you yeah. know, live large. Exactly, because you could turn it into an industry. You could be the guy who causes offense. You'll have a show yeah. on A&E going around to various <laughs> VA hospitals and tipping over a one-legged soldier. But I could see like a network like FX giving you a show. Like yeah. that's coming back, like offensive humor. I and, think it yeah. is. Like I was talking to Jimmy Carr this summer. I want to do a, a tour, like a kind of like a Kings of Comedy or a blue collar comedy tour of just like people that have gotten into trouble because of comedy. Like, dude, just the the worst. The worst human beings doing the dirtiest jokes. You, Bill Cosby, yeah, Louis me, Bill C.K. Cosby. <laughs> yeah. Me, Bill, and Louis. Harvey Weinstein will Harvey. film it. Oh, my God. He produced I'd by like the to Weinstein be involved. Company. Maybe I could cold open. Yeah, yeah. You go shirtless, greased up. A bitter, just talking shit about every oh. network. That'd be awesome. He opened for Cosby years ago in Quebec City. Mike did. Mike Ward did. Yeah. And apparently Cosby was a fucking weirdo back then, too. Like, what was, like, did you, because, like, like I'm blown away that he was getting away with this for yeah. so long. Weinstein, same thing. Uh, like I pick up on that energy with people right I away. Never pick up on that energy. <laughs> well, <laughs> what, what Until the rape is done, though. right? So well, I mean, like, did you when you were opening for him go? This guy's a bit of a creeper. Well, I thought he was fucking weird because <laughs> we uh, like I get a call. This is in Quebec City. I'm from Quebec City, and the the. The Anglo, like Anglophone population, people that speak English in Quebec City, there's like 19 people, basically. <laughs> and I had just started doing shows in English and they, they call me up and they're like, could you uh, open for Cosby? And I was like, I'm like, I'm not the right guy. Like, I'm way too dirty to open for Cosby. They're like, no, no, you should open for Cosby. And I was like, no, I can't. And they were like, look, we're going to send you an offer. And then they sent me, it was 5,000 to do like 10 minutes. So I was like, okay. So good. I signed the contract. Mm-hmm. And then like 20 minutes later, they call back and they're like, yeah, you can't open for Cosby. I was like, why? And they said, well, we, we talked to his people and uh, they Googled you and uh, you can't open for Cosby. And I was like, yeah, but I already signed the thing. So just, just give me the 5,000. I won't open. So they were like, okay, come open, but uh, be clean. And I, I knew, like, I, I was like, I'm the one that told you I, you have to be clean before Cosby. So I went, I prepared like I had a 10 minute set that was clean. The Cosby people called the the people in Quebec City and they were like, we want we want you to hook up speakers in Cosby's dressing room because Bill Cosby wants to listen to Mike just to make sure. And if Mike uses the word fuck, if he talks about sex, if he says anything that Cosby deems to be, you know, offensive, offensive, he's going to leave and you guys have to pay him. So then the, the, the people in Quebec City were freaking the fuck out. And I opened for Cosby, and he was weird because, like, uh, before the show, I had heard, like, I didn't know the rumors of him raping, but I, I had heard rumors that he used to fuck a bunch of people, like, in every city. Good for him. Yeah, yeah and then, then I had heard as he was getting older, instead of 
having sex with people in different cities, he'd eat whatever their junk food was. So if he'd do a show in Philly, he'd have a Philly cheesesteak. So in French Canada, I thought he'd have like poutine or something. And then um, the, I asked the people, did you give him like a poutine or smoked meat or bagels? Or they, they were like, no, he wanted uh, baguettes and a croissant. And I was like, okay, he thinks we're in France. And they were like, no, no, he knows. He knows this isn't France. So they, they told me, they're like, okay, Mr. Cosby wants to meet everyone like uh, the, that's going to be on the show. I was the only one opening, but all the anyone with the festival, he's going to meet them. You have one minute to talk to Mr. Cosby. So we're all, we're all waiting in line. And then Cosby is like, are you French or English? And people would go, I'm French. And then he'd do jokes about France. And then, like, then he'd ask, are you English? I'm English. Then he'd do jokes about England. So I was like, oh, this fucking weirdo doesn't realize that we're in North America. <laughs> so, so I was like, I tried to help him. He goes, are you French or English? And I go, look, I'm, I'm kind of both because in Canada, where we are in Quebec, there's, there's French Canadians and English Canadians. So I'm half French Canadian, half English Canadian. And then he was like, I didn't ask for your life story. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm English. And then he did jokes about fucking the queen and tea. And I was like, this motherfucker doesn't even realize I don't have a British accent. And then he did, like, I did my thing. I was super clean. And I kept on telling the organizer just to make him freak out because it was a French guy. And I kept on asking him. I was like, how do you say, like, I've been doing a lot of shows in French. How do you say fist fucking in English? Is it fisting or is it fist fucking? Like, I want to get what sounds. And he was just freaking out. And I did my thing. And my dad, that was one of the the times that my dad loved the show. Like, he loved Cosby because my dad is super pro-rape. So my dad. <laughs> well, who isn't? My, I'm my sorry. Dad, just kidding. Just like, kidding. Cosby did his first 40 minutes in Quebec City were about France. So he was talking about baguettes and he was like, I love your baguettes. I went to the store, I ordered bread and they said, is it for here to her to go? Uh, and then he said, so I said baguette, like put like it in a baguette. bag. Right. And I was like, how is this guy fucking, how did this guy become Bill Cosby? Wonder I had sex all those women. Yeah. <laughs> Must be very charismatic, yeah. something about him. Yeah. But he, yeah, he was, he was, I didn't think he was a weirdo. I just thought he was a piece of shit. Yeah. Like, and uh, even like after the show, I was like, since I was just starting out in English, I was like, it, my first special or first album, I'm going to call it Fuck Bill Cosby. And it's going to be stories about Bill Cosby. And then <laughs> I, I never did. And then after I was like, oh, fuck, maybe I sensed it. Like, I, I don't get, I, I generally don't know who, like, I like can't the vibe? Who, who the pedophiles and the rapists are, but maybe that's why I hated him. Well, so welcome much. to my world of comedy. Yeah. Do you get a lot of Hollywood weirdos that don't belong? You mean like comedy? Jeremy Piven doing yeah, comedy? And I don't know him. It's not like... It's no, not no, like but a... like him, that he had something good in uh, on TV. And then he's like, you know what? Let me parlay this into a stand-up career. But he's not a stand-up. Well, I think people think comedy's easy. For yeah. some reason, something has put it in people's heads that, oh, you just need to, you know, get but up there. As soon as you do it one time, you, you should, should know. know. That it's not easy. But you might get be beginner's luck, yeah. you know, and, and like I'm sure Jeremy Piven felt uh, a little false confidence because, oh, my God, that's the guy from this show, yeah. that show, that show. Uh, and, you know, the way L.A. comedy works and I would say in general, most of American comedy clubs, they'll book Jeremy Piven. Over, well, he's a name. Definitely. Yeah. I, yeah. And I to a degree, I understand it. 
Yeah, uh, he's a star. Uh, but but I don't think Hollywood. what they realize is he can't do an hour stand-up. He probably can't do 20 minutes. Of solid stand-up. A funny right. stand-up. Yeah. He could stand up there for an hour. <laughs> yeah. But he's not going to be able to follow the feature. Uh, or the, usually like, like someone like Fraser Smith, Ian Bag. Jeremy Piven. Oh. You think Jeremy Piven could follow Ian Bag no. or anyone? Or any you, any of you three? Me? He, you He'd know what fucked. he should do if he wants like to make money doing live shows. He should go. I'm gonna go do a show. I'll do four minutes of stand up. Then I'll get real stand ups to just roast me. Oh, kind of like an a hour. hosting like, something like a, like a Kill Tony or or like a Charlie Sheen type but, thing. Oh, sorry. Well, yeah, I mean Charlie Sheen. Uh, I mean he had, uh, I believe, uh, the great Kirk Fox opening for him. And Kirk yeah. Fox is so funny. Uh, he's just a brilliant comic. Charlie Sheen can't follow Kirk no, Fox, man. even with the wild stories about double teaming broads with Charlie Brett Sheen Michaels. Can't even follow an open micer. Yeah. Like he, yeah, he's a fucking weirdo. But it's also why I don't understand why they don't all do what Kevin Smith did, which was the smartest thing, which was. Come and ask me questions. Yeah. So what do you want to hear about? So he has an interaction. He has a foil. Yeah. And people aren't expecting it to be funny all the time. Oh, right. Yeah. So yeah. Like Q and A, and people you could do that at a comedy. Club oh, you could do that. Like, you know, like I don't think Charlie Sheen would be like quick Q and A guy. Like well, Q and A. Yeah. No, but he, his story too much too, done too much coke for yeah, Q and A. But yeah. Jeremy Piven might not have. Yeah. But I think Piven, even Sheen, right? At least them, it's because they have the celebrity, so they know they're going to sell out. But I've met people who are 15, 17 years in and they're still open micers <laughs> and it's just delusion driving them. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I yeah, I mean, I, I see that a lot. I mean, I'm delusional, but I, I think my delusion is based in reality. Like, yeah, you built something, you've done things. I mean, just, I mean, but the first 13 years I had, I had literally had one credit, which is being in a Rob Schneider movie, uh, Bench Warmers, and that's literally all. When I you had. were going up on stage, you were writing your jokes, you were getting laughs. I mean, I, big difference to people walking out. Yeah, and yeah. then you being like, "Man, I must be so offensive. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it." That's why they walked out instead yeah. of realizing that it was garbage, I'm right? New Lenny Bruce. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, well, I, know I see that like a that. lot with roast battle comics. Like, you know, they're they're you know, and I once again I hate keep going back to that show, but it's it's germane to what we're talking about like yeah. they're good at writing an insult joe calling someone a whore but uh you, you might get a you know you get on the tv show doing it you're gonna be you're gonna get at least good feature work uh but you, now you're gonna have a half hour do you have a half hour yeah. i mean i did a show recently yeah i mean you're gonna call uh the front row uh the overweight guy a fat slob two minutes into your act and then the whole crowd's gonna hate you for the next 28 minutes good luck with that yeah so yeah i mean there's a lot of uh but it goes to seeing comedy on tv and you know in these two three four minute chunks and going oh i can do that it's like no you can't mm. you know how long did it take you to build your first hour uh it took me probably 10 years Probably 10 years. How about you? Seven. Big man. I'm going to say. Four months. Yeah. <laughs> An hour. It, yeah. 90 minutes. I would say first hour would have been, yeah, six years. But then I was in the UK and the UK is fucked because the UK, you got to do a new hour every year because of Edinburgh. So it's a very, like for them to go and yeah. be like 10 years, seven well, years, six years. I think I I had an hour three or four years in but an hour that i was proud of yeah took oh yeah i mean i would i'd say yeah. you and i are in the same time 
I yeah. mean, I'm not putting myself on your level, but like, in, well, yeah, you're, you're bigger than I am in English. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm more famous in the French areas where I, you know. I see, I would love to play those something. areas because I'm a huge hockey guy. So, like, uh, whenever I would open up for Rob Schneider in Canada, like, he would be very puzzled at why I was doing so well because I would just all of your references. Oh, I, we were in Calgary one day, and uh, I'm doing like these really obscure Jerome Aginla jokes. <laughs> <laughs> just shit about the Oilers. Yeah. Oh my god. I went out. Uh, what's the club in Edmonton? Comic strip. Uh, and I went out there in a, a Brian McGratton Calgary Flame shirt, and the crowd fucking hated me because he was a hated fighter. And then I took off my shirt like Superman <laughs> and had a George LaRock jersey on, and the crowd. You would have thought I was Springsteen in Jersey. <laughs> and Rob was like, "What the fuck? Are you why? Who's George LaRock?" I'm like, "Oh." It, so uh, I love playing Canada just because what what hockey. made you get into hockey? Was yeah. it like your was your dad into hockey? Or? It's a crazy uh, short story. Like in L.A. in the eighties, it was Marcel Dion. Uh, yeah, uh, Charlie Simmer and Dave Taylor. It was called the Triple Crown yeah. Line. But they the King Games weren't on television in L.A. because they weren't they were good, but they just no weren't popular. Yeah. But the rain I got the Ranger Games on cable, and there was a guy in on the new york rangers named barry beck who was about 6'3 215 had an afro and this is when they didn't wear helmets so he just looked like a 70s basketball player with a big fro and he was just so much bigger than everyone and now he wouldn't be now he'd yeah, be like average like five, size seven, but kind of <laughs> um and i was just obsessed with him like i was just this guy no one goes near him he's got the hardest shot on the team no one fights him because he's the best fighter in the league and so that got me into hockey and that was when hockey was crazy like five six seven fights a game and yeah. uh and i just fell in love with the sport and then so to get to do i mean rob really was very giving to me and like he would have me go up to winnipeg with him which was like winnipeg there's nothing to do but watch the jets yeah uh so it was like neat for me to play those type of so like you know thank you rob schneider praise be they took i mean like but that's why i would love going back to like when people would talk shit about one of his movies and we'd be talking in the hallway and they'd palm him uh they'd go hey earl how are you hey rob i really loved you in this last like uh that's not what you said on stage two nights ago i've, I've never met rob schneider he's but great all, all of his friends i've met yeah. are all really fun like cool people like we hung out with Swartzen all summer. Oh, I mean, and it, God damn, he was so fun. Yeah. He was so fun and such a nice guy. And well, that's yeah. why, how I wish everyone was like, you take yeah. Swartz and you don't get much more successful than he is on stage or off stage with all the writing he does. And if you talk to him, you don't even know what he does. Yeah. Like, Russell Peters, the same thing. I mean, that's like the ultimate example of, I don't think I've ever had a comedy conversation about with Russell. We talk hockey. And Kiss. Yeah. He loves Kiss. Really? I thought he was like a, a rap guy. He loves rap. And Kiss. <laughs> but he is, and it's, he loves 80s Kiss, which is okay. like they're dark. That's like, like. Like the Kiss without the makeup? Yeah, like with Vinnie Vincent, okay. who's now transitioned to a woman. Uh, he likes Kiss when they look like B. Arthur, like, you know, when they were trying to. <laughs> yeah, when they were basically the Paul Stanley band and Gene Simmons yeah. was starring in some of the worst movies that have ever been produced. But I did. He said I have an autographed copy of Wanted Dead or Alive. Oh, no. Where Gene plays like a Bin Laden type. Hey, terrorist. <laughs> He's a good actor when you throw him like 
well, he was basically playing Bin Laden in this Rutger Hauer movie, and he had like seven lines. It was like, let's get the dialogue real short. And uh, oh man, it's they're the most fascinating band. And now that they're going on their second yeah. farewell, that's fucking crazy. So that movie, there was a terrorist that people are like, why is he sticking his tongue? Out? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every, I'm gonna murder you, capitalist. Yeah. It's yeah, <laughs> it's weird that there was an Islamic-based terrorist uh, terrorist group, but he demanded that the guy's name be the God of Thunder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true? No. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, the <laughs> ultimate warrior yeah. hopping back to pro wrestling for a second. If you listen to his promo for, uh, for WrestleMania. Oh, the one that he told, I hope Hulk Hogan, like terrorist crash. Where he predicts, no, no, no. Where yes. ultimate warrior predicts 9-11 completely. Dude, it's frightening how he's like, Hulk Hogan, tear down the cockpit doors dispose of the pilots no 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 he says something but i know i have this promo fucking memorized he goes i don't know so do i he bro goes, he goes and find the pilots who've already made the ultimate sacrifice yeah. <laughs> and it's just like and then he take control of the plane send it into a nosedive directly Fly into, it into tower two and no, yeah it, and he goes yeah yeah the, activate the, the thermite paint like there's no one over in those days at wwf that was like Maybe this has taken things a little far. Could, you know, oh, there, but you got to understand, and it's, I, I feel it's so old tough. saying this, there was no internet back then. So, like, when I met Kamala backstage at a, a WWF event, which shows you how bad of a parent my dad was to leave me alone with... <laughs> with fucking Pat Patterson running yeah. around. Uh, and I met Kamala, and he's like, hey, I'm Jim. I'm like, uh, you're from Africa. What are you doing speaking English? I literally said that to him. Uh, you know, you you believed it. Yeah. Like, you thought the Ultimate Warrior was from Parts Unknown, and Kamala was from Uganda, and, and Junkyard Dog was just his you know wild man from georgia like it was so racist back then that yeah. the warriors promo about 9-11 essentially was like oh this is tame yeah oh and by the way for those of you not understanding the promo he did it in 1990 yeah. so it was 11 years 11 years he called it He's but nostradamus yes exactly yeah also the ultimate nostradamus but it was also crazy about wrestling was it was this giant big industry that was essentially run by one guy. Vince McMahon, yeah. and then he had Bruce Pritchard and Pat Patterson were his two guys, and then a bunch of dudes on steroids and blow yeah. that could rip a car apart. And he's like, all right. And they all died before 50. I mean, yeah. uh, I mean, Rick Rude is my favorite, which is really who I'm I base my... Rick Rude. That's who I base my roast battle character on. Like, just... Oh, is that why you do it with that yeah. shirt? Oh, oh, fuck, I get it. Yeah. Now I get it. Well, I have to... You know, like I said, it's not my humor. Like if yeah. if, if Jeff Ross called me today and said, "Hey, but we want you to battle Mike tonight," I, 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 dude, you're amazing to me. Like, but so I would have to step out of my love for you and just go, "Okay, I'm just gonna be." That's so funny. Like it's still me, uh, but like it's, you channel him. I have to because I just not. I I have a hard time. I won't battle people I don't like. Yeah. So if I, you know, battling Sarah Tiana, I was like, what do I say mean about her? She's great. Is Ravishing Rick Rude still alive? No, he died. He died, yeah. In 94, it's the saddest. He was wrestling Sting, who's like my favorite. 
He's my all-time favorite. The guy from the police? Yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> a great wrestler. Yeah. There's a great picture of most stings together. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. It's, oh, fuck. Is wrestler sting in like the sweet no, warrior paint? No, it's surfer sting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one I want. Um, the and blonde crop yeah. top with the little rat tail? He's holding a base. <laughs> and sting is behind him like making muscles or something. And That's sting, funny. the wrestler actually copy wrote the name. And he has, I don't know if they still do it, but the bass player pays him $1 a year. Uh, oh, that's you funny. know, it's just stupid. But, uh, you know, it was just, uh, he was wrestling, Rick Rude was wrestling Sting in, in Japan, and Sting threw him against the edge of the ring, and his back, his lower back hit the edge, and he, his spine basically. Oh, really? So he broke his back right there, and Sting body slammed him because he didn't know his back was broken. Oh, so he just got addicted to pain pills and and killed himself. And uh, you know, Sting, was, fuck, is an asshole. Yeah. God. <laughs> but then Sting got his neck broken basically a couple of years ago by uh, was it Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins and a buckle bomb. Yeah, oh, two buckle bombs. Yeah, like, and that's how me and Piper got to be friends because he saw me in one night at the comedy store doing a set on Sting, which tells you why I haven't made it yet as a comic. I'm doing a full 15 minutes. Set if you have that recorded, I would like to see a full 15. Do you, you go into like the uh, like the uh, the Clash of Champions one main event, or do oh, you of go course with Flair and course. Steamboat? And First 45 minute battle ro right now. By the way, you can actively hear vaginas drying as we are getting into. <laughs> I hear JFL cutting the wires yeah. to this podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Bruce Hills is hiring a rocket launcher to destroy this apartment complex. Uh, Vince McMahon is going. Can we get Pat Patterson to Earl's house right now? Pronto. Just, I, I, just tell Pat Earl's twelve. Uh, like um, current guys, uh, WWE guys on the podcast. They're very um, protected, right? The WWE they can't, controls yeah, everything. Like uh, I've had Chavo Guerrero on, oh. but he was not uh, affiliated okay. with them. Um, Roddy was. Uh, he was Roddy would. He was so big that he would go in and out of. He was protected, like he could do whatever he wanted. He's like a made guy of this yeah. mafia. Uh, but then there was a whole thing with uh, right before I started doing his podcast, he had an episode with Will Sasso where Will Sasso did a really just spot on impression of Stone Cold Steve Austin. And it was completely harmless. It was just Will Sasso talking about hanging out in his truck, drinking beers with his wonder dog. I guess Steve Austin has a dog. Yeah. Or something. And uh, so Steve Austin was not a fan of that impression. Really? He took. A oh, you're talking about censorship and. Uh, they're sensitive. Well, he got very. It's like, dude, your your gimmick was cracking a beer can yeah. over your head. Relax. Yeah, Larry, the cable guy that that yeah. does oh. <laughs> yeah, basically. Relax. So I and, and Roddy and Steve were on the same podcast network, and apparently Roddy came on and said, uh, you know, had me come on and be the bad guy because I think Roddy he was sixty one at the time he he. He didn't want to. Yeah, I just think he was over the heel thing. He's like, oh, this not young kid, but like, you know, I'm almost just whippersnapper. Yeah, this forty five year old uh, young and uh, uh, sorry, Patterson. He's not uh, in your uh, target demo of twelve. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, I knew Patterson was uh, is a gay guy. Was he a pedophile? Though? Well, I yeah, it's that. fine being gay, you know. But it's like there was rumors that he would molest the ring boys who would set up the ring. Yeah, there's a lot of accusations. How, how old are the ring boys? Like it was. It was a variety of sort of ring boys and a lot of sort of like 
kids and odd sort of weird accusations. Then he like sort of retired. There's something weird though. I'm not a gay guy, but there's something about the term ring boy that <laughs> makes it seem like it's appropriate. To grab his cock. <laughs> <laughs> a ring boy. Cock ring well, boy. What's yeah. he going to do? But this is in the eight. Not that it makes it right that it was in the eighties, okay. but it was okay. It was a Reagan was president. Yeah, we were AIDS all on blow. Was, yeah, AIDS was fucking kicking it. Yeah, you know, everyone had a so white of blazer. You're fuck a little boy. He doesn't have AIDS yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I love what you said. About, I don't know why I keep thinking about what you said about channeling Rick Root to do that out of body. I have to because it's just not. Um, you you know. I have to do it in almost a half character, half Earl. Like Rick Rude was just, I just loved how he would just shit on the crowd. You know, he would go after it, you know, call them fat slobs. <laughs> and he would do it in such a charming way that you kind of liked them. Like you were rooting for this yeah. guy. That's, and that's my thing. You know, how I, you know, did roast battle was like, you know, I want people to hate me, but love me. You motivated me. You know what I'm going to do? I want to jump on a roast battle and I want to channel Chris Benoit. Yeah. Well, you know, Gleeswin. Well, the thing about Benoit, he gets a lot of shit for killing his family. I heard they were shit kids, though. Well, well, we know his finishing move worked. <laughs> I mean, where was the kids' tag team partner? I mean, <laughs> but but that joke right there could be offensive to someone saying you're making a joke about a kid. Obviously, it's yeah. horrible. The no. kid was putting a crippler yeah, cross. Yeah. He tapped. I mean, Benoit just held it too oh, long. Not, first of all, that's not the kid didn't tap. It shows the resilience of that child. Well, that's the Stuhar training. Exactly correct. That's a seven-year-old that made it through the dungeon but did not make it through the bedroom. But can you imagine the training that Chris Benoit put his... Uh, he probably had his kids playing, you know, Pop... I don't know if they have Pop Warner in Canada. It's like... Uh, it's Little League. Yeah, it's it's yeah. Little League for football. Uh, but can you imagine Chris Benoit coaching his kid to play football? Take his fucking knees out, you dick. Okay, Dad. Where's ACL? Just a silent, mulleted man sipping a tequila going, well, he's still walking, so you don't get to ride in the car. Yeah, I mean, uh, but I, I would love to have current guys on. Yeah. But I just, like, I would love to have Dolph Ziggler on. Uh, and Dolph's great. Like, he's he, very funny. And, he can't do it? Um, I, I think they're worried about... You know, they, at those guys now with Twitter and and um, you know Instagram Live or whatever. Like if Dolph Ziggler said one semi-offensive thing, or I go he to them into yeah, if I said yeah. something to Dolph about Pat Patterson, TMZ gets a hold of it, or yeah, uh, you know, like what happened to you? One person writes an article about it, he could be fired. Yeah. I, it's funny now that you you brought this up, I completely forgot. I wanted to ask you about this because you're in the know. Nine inches and to the left. <laughs> and, you, and you like uh, the wrestlers. I so wish. two nights ago, uh, Survivor Series was happening. And we were at the store. We were just hanging out. And um, I figured out later that Enzo Amore, because like, I know this guy. I've seen him before. I figured out who he was later. He showed up uh, a little belligerent with, with like four or five marks that were wearing his shirt. And he was being loud. Like, the, the problem was, I only realized late, but I don't want to approach him because Mike was very... Um, I was very drunk and very angry. Yeah. It, it makes me mad when I see a wrestler that is my size. And Mike wants... I'm like, I'm a fucking... I'm 5'9 and 190 pounds. I shouldn't be able to take yeah. this fucking guy. I'm a 45-year-old alcoholic. And for real, if we would have fought... 
you know and mike was yelling even odds about wanting to fight him and i knew that if he would that would mean that i would have to beat up enzo and his friends (laughs) so so i didn't approach him to talk but he was being so weird and yelling and i don't know what he's doing at the store like he's He's a big uh let's just well because he had a concert or whatever i I wouldn't say concert Concert. but he had whatever last night at the whiskey which is uh yeah, you know, pretty famous. Uh, the whiskey go go. Yeah, yeah. He oh, was amazing. rapping or wrestling? Um, rapping. Who knows? Whatever uh, you he want was. Call he it. was on stage with all his fucking losers. Just <laughs> well, I think he gets a little. Um, I mean, I, I he's the worst fans. Like if if I look at the guys that like were juggalos. God, yeah, yeah but yeah, but yeah, just fucking. But those are wrestling yeah. fans. They like, all live with their mom. I just want to point out, we've talked about the two different times people have showed up at Mike Ward's house to stab him in the face, and he told that with cheer. You mentioned Enzo Amore being and the same angry. You're just <laughs> spitting these fucking idiots. I only realized who he was right when we're about to leave, because he kept he was staring at me, but it was my fault, I guess, because I, I was throwing daggers his way, too. Like We were just giving each other weird looks. Mine was... Am, am I friend? Do I know this fucking guy? Like, should I say hi? Like, I felt like have I met him before? And him, it was probably why the fuck is this guy staring at me? Right? And he had to look up because he's shorter than me. So <laughs> How, uh, battle, battle. And then he got loud. He got mics like, look at this, this guy's a fucking wrestler. I'm bigger than this fucking loser. And he <laughs> could hear it. us because he kept <laughs> looking back. And I was like, oh fuck, I'm gonna have to beat up uh, you know this guy who got fired for the statutory rape stuff and his fat friends. Like, then I'm gonna look like an asshole. I've been here for two days and I'm already beating up guests of the store. Well, but I thankfully will. he was cool with just leaving and not fighting him well i will say this about the story you know the security guys there are top notch now so i I, just a word to anyone who uh, i I would not suggest fighting at the comedy store uh that they're all their guys they're no mma and jujitsu and like uh, yeah yeah well yeah i mean but but if you look at road that's why i never fight anyone like if you didn't know who joe rogan was uh, i mean i still wouldn't want to fight him because he's a big dude yeah but you know he could kick your ass even if he didn't know how to fight. Just like he's very fit. Yeah, I mean, where's that Enzo guy? But you, you know, think he could I take think Enzo? no, I couldn't. I could I couldn't take him. You don't know that though. He's. I think he has. Uh, I don't think show he has just booze uh, running through his system. No, yeah. Like, so, I've never met the man, but if you have that hairstyle, you are, you're dancing with the Colombian lady. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the booger sugar, mm. nasal whiskey. Yeah. The, ro- the nose beers, baby. The devil's dandruff. Looked, I think I got angry at him because he looks exactly like one of my friends that's on coke that annoys the fuck out of me. <laughs> so I was looking at him going, you motherfucker. Can you we arrange a charity... MMA fight between you and Enzo Amore at the Just for Last Festival this year. Well, they we did fight. that. Uh, they had something in Vegas called Ellis Mania. Oh yeah, and that's where uh, Louis Gomez Jay- fought Gomez. Ryan O'Neill, who's a very very funny comic in L.A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, Ryan's someone who, you know, he's maybe a little taller than me, and you know, his body is unassuming. He's not. He's just. He's not bad. He's not skinny. He's, but he's just, tough. He put me in. A, Oma, not a uh, a plum, uh, a clench, a, a tie clench, and you you think I'm like this bigger guy, like you know I'm all show, you know I'm, I'm just puffing. Oh, out. you couldn't get out. I couldn't get out. <gasps> and and Lewis is obviously Lewis. He's like built like a rock, uh, and so that could be arranged. Yeah. A uh, but I'm I'm like I'm a. Uh... I'm not a fighter, so I'd be the type of person I'd be like, okay, I have to fight this guy. I'm gonna buy a gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd just be like, okay, tap out, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> well, they have had uh, about four years ago. It was it was pretty funny. They had a boxing tournament at the comedy store, 
uh, and the winners got to open up for Russell Peters, and it was the <laughs> craziest matchups. One matchup was Ramsey Moore, who was about 500 pounds and who has since died of a heart attack, oh. against J Mac, a southern, a guy from Texas who was about 600 pounds. No one's seen him since. They also had a guy with full blown. Uh, no, well, that's the funniest part was there was a homeless guy who hangs out at the comedy store. Boom shakalak. Uh, yes. Yeah, we saw these always. Yeah. And the joke is he has AIDS and the owner of the boxing gym. It was held in a boxing gym. Uh, he comes up to me because Boone was fighting. <laughs> Who is he fighting? Another homeless guy or? It's once again, we go back to roast battle. Roast battle started when two comics wanted to fight Josh Martin and Kenny Lyon. Now, Josh is a paid regular now at the store. Kenny's a bit of a rogue comic. Uh, Boone was fighting Josh Martin. And I'm telling you right now, I've been to Super Bowls. I've been to Stanley Cup Finals. When your Canadians beat my Kings. Fuck. Mm, that's good, isn't it? Illegal stick by McSorley, the dick. Uh, I've won. been to Kiss concerts. But you haven't lived until you've seen a homeless man and a mediocre comic. <laughs> Fight it out. <laughs> I'm telling you, the energy in the room was like, I felt like I was watching Buster Douglas beat Tyson. Boone at one point swung so hard. I think Boone had a good strategy. He knew his stamina would not be up to snow. <laughs> and he swung so hard he fell through the ropes. Oh, God damn. And the owner of the boxing gym goes, hey, does that guy really have AIDS? I'm like, I, you know, I can't wow. say he doesn't. I don't think he can afford AIDS. So, <laughs> well, he was trying to pick up on my Fuck. nephew the other night. It was real creepy because oh, my nephew's God. like this 21-year-old. Really good-looking, like, surfer California kid. I'm like, Boone, that's my fucking nephew, yeah. dude. He's like, oh, well, I'd like to fuck him. I'm like, uh, I don't think my he brother... He was last was night going, we were talking to someone, he just walked up and he was like, oh, oh, uh, I just want to let you know I, I do not molest your friends and just walked away. Yeah, yeah. Said, yeah. yeah. we were because uh, we saw um, uh, Amir K. Yeah, I, I met him at just for laughs. I saw him coming down like, oh shit, Amir. So I want to talk to him. And as I'm talking to him, he comes up to us as if to announce. He's like, I see you talking. I just want you guys to know I haven't molested your friends. So I look at Amir K. Like if he knows what he's talking about, Amir shakes his head. He's like, nah, I buy the shoes from him. I don't know what the fuck. I, he never molested my friends. And I'm like, all right. And he walks off like matter of fact, like just now they know I didn't fuck their friends. What the fuck's he talking about? I think that's just his. He's his not head. all there. Yeah. But in full disclosure, he was my very first ever roast battle opponent. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> For real? This was in the early days of roast battle when, like, so you did a joke and he did. A, I did not molest your friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. And a lot of people were like, "Earl, you shouldn't really count that as a victory." Isn't that like That's, fighting a retarded person? I'm telling you right now, I don't follow the show much anymore. But they have a top fifty rankings, and they have like <laughs> uh, Boone would beat at least ten people who are ranked. Was he? Oh, he was. He doesn't brutal. give a fuck. He's crazy. <laughs> I would be like Boone. You look like Edward James almost with syphilis and he would look at me and go well you got aids 
crazy. And I'd be like, okay, Boone, you, uh, and I did another joke. He's like, well, you still have AIDS. And I, like, he was very hard to battle. Like, he's, he's, not, he's not giving yeah. anything. He's not giving you much. Well, it sounds like you, it's like trying to follow someone who's not using turn signals. There's no yeah. way to, there's no way to penetrate someone who doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah. And he doesn't give a fuck. Like he's not a yeah. comic necessarily. He's although, just excited to be inside. Yeah. He was happy that people. <laughs> yeah. And, I won uh, my prize. I got, <laughs> I got this sweet SAC. Yeah. Mm. But when they put I'm him on, I'm gonna give myself a sink shower and pop to the back for a nap. When they put him on at potluck, <laughs> they put him on at potluck. Sometimes he kills. Oh really? I'd love to see him. Yeah. I saw. Well, I just saw him once. Are you gonna see him tonight? I would. Don, because he seems like the type of guy that Don Barris would have on it, all his shows, but I've never seen him on. He was on, on the Ding Dong Show, but Don. Uh, the legendary Don Barris at the Comedy Store. Uh, Don, uh, I think, felt that he was too difficult to work with. Oh, really? Because okay. Don likes to do, uh, if you've ever seen the Ding Dong show, it's Monday nights at the Comedy Store. It's actually the longest running show in Comedy Store history, which is pretty, like, mm. it's pretty impressive. Uh, it, but it's like um, improv, sketch, uh, and just yeah. controlled mayhem. Yes, I, that's it's the so, best. Yeah. And it's I don't. So good. It's. Yeah, I mean, amazing. it's. I go every Monday yeah. and I never get bored. Um, Boone, I don't know, works well in a scripted environment. <laughs> uh, but he is a tough battler. I will give him that. And he does the warm up. You'll see tonight. He does uh, oh. right before they start. I really suggest you get there. Not necessarily early, but uh, early enough to see him. early enough to see Boone in full drag. Does he go? And yeah, let me yeah, tell yeah. you something. I've fucked worse. Uh, and he sings Proud Mary by uh, Ike and Tina Turner. And now it, you know the whole time I'm going to watch him, I'm going to judge you by going, <laughs> fucking Earl has had sex Thanks. with someone worse than that. <laughs> you know, yeah. or, I, or I might be like, hey, Boone. You want to yeah. it, it, you know, uh, back in the day when I wasn't the best with women, I, I b believed in uh, quantity, not quality. Full you disclosure. You know, people respect me for saying I don't write 50% of my roast battle jokes. I, at one point, have had sex with women that look like David Coverdale. So, uh, and I mean David Coverdale now. Oh, okay. I was, I was grabbing the mic to be like, David Coverdale in like the uh, Here We Go Again video. Like, that's not, like, you're not going to brag, but you're not going to be like. Tani Katane has held that mic. Oh. So. I'm going to lick it in a second. <laughs> I prefer you don't do yeah, that. I understand. <laughs> Some of these are jokes. <laughs> w whatever. When in Rome, and in, in this house we are in Rome. First time I had anal sex, right where you're sitting. Awesome. So I'm gonna like this as well. Earl, you've got to slow down. Why? You're not in my pussy. Oh, my bad. Coincidentally, you have a pussy. Coincidentally, yeah. that's why it's yeah. for your pussy. <laughs> Boone, what are you talking about? <laughs> Guys, I could go on all day. Yeah. I. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. Oh, play, I mean, I've been a fan of yours from since I met you. I can only say this. And you found out at the beginning of the show who I actually was. <laughs> yes. but, Sean Cullen, it's been amazing to, uh, <laughs> but uh, I want everyone to become a fan of Mike Ward because if I'll just say this, and for once I'm being serious, if everyone were like you in LA comedy, in comedy in general, I wouldn't be so fucking bitter. Thanks, man. So keep it you keep it real, which is what I love. I do.
Uh, where can people find you uh, all over? Like uh, every, it's always Mike Ward CA, Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube, whatever. Instagram. And Instagram. And if you go to, if you have Amazon Prime in the US and UK, I have Mike Ward Infamous, which is a new special that I dedicated to uh, the memory of Ralphie May. And it's it's comedy the way that I like comedy. So it's not, it's the exact opposite of Hannah Gatsby. Like it's, it's just fucking <laughs> a guy not giving a fuck and being funny. And the good thing about getting sued by your government is once you lo lose everything you don't have anything else to lose so i don't give a fuck anymore i don't have fuck love money because i don't have money and that's when you get the fuck you mentality now before we get on to your guys plugs you mentioned the king ralphie may and yeah. uh you know i cried more at ralphie's memorial uh, than i did at my parents funerals uh and i must say this about jeff ross uh, I did not want to get up at Ralphie's memorial because I knew I would cry. And uh, Jeff basically for, he just yelled out from the back of the room, we love you, Earl, get up there. And uh, I mean, Ralphie was just, you, you can't just, I mean, he was the king. He really was the king. Yeah, he was like every, uh, I met him at Just for Laughs. We did a series of shows called The Nasty Show that I hosted. And then we did a thing for Showtime together. And then, uh, like, I wanted to go see him because he had that thing in uh, Vegas. And I called him and I was like, hey, I want to go see you in Vegas. And he was like, yeah, come. I'll get the casino to to pay you and we'll co-headline. And I was like, no one knows me in Vegas. Like, don't. Why, why are you doing that? And he wasn't offering that. Like, oftentimes you'll meet like showbiz, show busy people. They'll be like, hey, come. I'll, I'll book you on this. And they never do. But he he was actually that like he was such a good guy so that whenever I would go see him, I'd have to surprise him and just show up because if not, he'd try to he'd try to make he'd try to get money for me. And I was like, fuck, stop, stop offering me money. Like, just let me come see you and fucking appreciate what you do. And at just for laughs, like I've seen comics, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. I've never seen anyone kill as hard as Ralphie. Like there's a the club we were at, it's a it's a it's called the Metropolis. It's kind of a big room. It's like a two thousand seater. And when he was on stage, the fucking walls would shake. Like it was so crazy. And I've seen Marilyn Manson in that room <laughs> not kill as hard as like the the energy that Ralphie had was fucking insane. I mean he's he was so funny that like and I really this is gonna sound corny, but you really didn't realize you didn't see him as a fat dude. Like he was just a funny dude. Like I mean, he was a big, big yeah. dude, but you didn't you never saw him as a you know, he, I mean, it's hard to say someone that size you wouldn't Jesus Christ, this guy's like I think he, it's cause he seemed like he was in good shape. Like even even though obviously he wasn't, but he like uh he, he seemed like he was in good shape and he didn't talk about his weight on stage. Like he'd have a couple jokes cause you have to like if you weigh right. 600 pounds or 500 pounds or whatever, but he wasn't a fat comic. He was just, yeah. he was a really, really good comic. So, and it was just yeah. like, he would help out every comic in LA. Yeah. Let me fly you to Nashville. You can open for me. I'll get same thing with you in Vegas. Yeah. I'll, I'll get your rooms. We'll pay you. I mean, he wanted to go fit like two weeks before he died. He's like, Earl, let's go fishing. And I'm like, dude, you're crazy. If you think I'm getting in a boat with you, like <laughs> there be, better be a fucking side boat. I can hang out. in. So Ralphie, we love you. Yeah. Pantelis in the house. Yeah. Where I can people find you? Just go to pantelliscomedy.com and you can link everywhere. It's interesting what you said about Ralphie. Cause just looking at the way you're talking about him, it feels to me like Ralphie to you was what Mike is to me. 
Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it's so just. I, I feel uh, for what you're saying. Like, it's like, I mean, of course, I had to delete all of Ralphie's DMs to me on Twitter when he died because yeah. uh, let's just say, um, <laughs> well, I think we can guess what. Uh, but we, but well, I never wanted to talk comedy with Ralph because he would always say, let me call ICM or whoever, let me get you on Conan or whatever. And he had the best stories though, because he like when he started with Kennison. There's something fucking insane talking to someone your age that has stories about Kennison. Yeah. Because yeah. generally, if you hear stories about Kennison, it's because you're talking to some guy in his fucking seventies. But but like having a guy that he was 45 when he died talking yeah. about Kennison, you're like, God damn. This just, and by the way, seek out that story about Sam. Ken it's yeah. if you do YouTube Ralphie May Sam Kennison. It's we're not gonna tell it here because it's better from the source. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, it's just, it, it explains why Ralphie became Ralphie. Or yeah. How Ralphie became absolutely Ralphie. like that's that socialization of like this is yeah it's it was just so uh, genuine and uh, just like. He's the fucking best. So uh, we love you, Ralphie. All right. Last but certainly not least, uh, go plug your shit. Follow me on everything at the John Hastings. I know I said I was going to talk about the time. You got to spell out. What are you, the speed reader guy That's from the right. 80s commercials? <laughs> All right. He's A little slower. You got to remember, my fan base thinks it's Kane and The Undertaker are brothers. So <laughs> What are you talking about? They are. <laughs> Do they shoot lasers out of their <laughs> eyes? Spell the Twitter and fingertips. Uh, it's at the J O H N H A S T I N G S on everything. Follow me there. Uh, I said when we went off Instagram that I was going to tell about the time Dennis Rodden heckled me at roast battles. We didn't get to it because we you tried should to get get uh, Earl. You should get him back on the show when since he, yeah we could talk about there. this because Dennis uh, maybe the same night you, he sat. It was the same night where he yeah he, I don't remember what happened to you. It was probably because mine was earlier in the night than what happened to you. Yeah, you know I just uh, you know I was the star of the show at the time. God so damn I was right. Just walking of <laughs> course. There's no stars of roast battle. Trust me on that one. Um, but yeah, no. So please check that out. It's something I'm very proud of. If you want to see my comedy, watch me attack a drug addict in his 50s with my words. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much for having us. This was a blast. Because well, you're, you're, you're LA based, right? Yeah, I've lived here for two months. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely get you a solo episode. Woo! And, uh, guys, uh, thank you all. This has been awesome. Thanks, man. Thank thanks you. Thanks for having uh, me so much. I got to pee. This will be out in uh, probably an hour or so. Uh, Holy shit. If you're in L.A. and you hear this, uh, Mike Ward is judging Roast Battle tonight. Uh, do you guys have spots tonight I'm at playing, the store? Or? I'm playing with Stats in San Diego tonight. With Stats in San Diego is one of my favorite rooms. They fucking pack it. It's a great place to record an album. I know you're not going to do that tonight. Tonight I'm recording an album. As of now, I'm recording an album. Uh, John Hastings live. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great sound system. Uh, Fuck yeah. Uh, Mike? You awesome. No, I'm just... I'm just uh, being a judge on the roast battle, and that's it. Uh, and then Pantelis, what is? Uh, well, hey, both mics, double uh, mics, double dicks. I'm heading the store to fuck around. I'll ask Adam if he wants to put me up anywhere. <laughs> well, Adam's the best, but I, I'm not. <laughs> I don't sure. think he's gonna put me all. I like you know, that. I like the confidence, quite frankly. Adam, well, I tell you this. Uh, what I love about Adam more than most bookers, and I will also say this about Patrick Milligan of The Stand in New York, they're very uh, similar. They will tell you. Like, he'll look at you in your face and go, John, uh, it's not going to happen tonight, but uh, call in next week and I'll do my best. You know, the previous booker was a complete bullshitter. He'd be like, yeah, man, why don't you guys hang out tonight for a few hours and I'll do my best. And he That's was not. I heard, yeah. It it's, and yeah, I, that was been my experience with Adam. It's literally just sort of like, did I tell you to come in this week? Yeah. And he was like, I shouldn't have done that. 
come back next week. Yeah, I mean, he's, uh, you know, and I, I, he, you know, like I was the first person he had passed at the comedy store and, uh, but he was very straightforward with me. He was like, dude, I know everyone wants you to get passed up here because I'd been up there a long time. And he's like, I'm going to showcase you, but if you don't do well, I can't pass you. Like, obviously I, I wouldn't, yeah, yeah, no, but uh, but he was like, "This is you will get passed if you do well. You won't if, no. you, if you don't. So uh, don't bother Adam, you idiots who listen to this podcast. Hey, Earl told me to call in for a veils. <laughs> People you, don't do that. Oh my yeah, god, people are fucking weird. At the con, I don't know what it's like in Canada. Yeah. Like, I, hey, uh, Pantelis said uh, I could, uh, I can open for Mike Ward tonight at the at the <laughs> Colisee like in Quebec. Oh, I get my name used all, and I'm completely a nobody, but like, hey, Earl, uh, Adam, Earl uh, said on the podcast I can call in, you know, for spots this week. Uh, Earl gets a call from Adam. What the fuck are you doing? What a fucking bunch of maroons. I tell you, you LA comics, I'm on to all of you. And like I said <laughs> oh, at the beginning go. of this podcast, whoever reported me for a music violation, I've got connections. I'm going to find out who you are. I'm going to expose you. And you losers trying to get on season four of Roast Battle. Good luck with that, you palming jackals. Go back to Ross's pool parties. Take a take a dip in the pool, and then you'll be doing open mics, you fucking losers. I'm going to find out who reported me to iTunes. And guess what? I might be off the iTunes charts right now, but my podcast is still better than yours. So suck on that, you fat, lazy, untalented, potlucking open micers. Uh, inappropriate Earl on SoundCloud and iTunes. Please leave a review. Oh.